Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being back with us here. It is Monday, February the 7th, 2022. A new month here to romp you through the old, the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata, joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy-doody. Brand new month, my friend. A brand new. We are making it through this the winter. Newest. Yeah, yeah, it is the newest. It's so new. And we talk about the oldest. Yeah. It's fun what we do. Well, you know, we're we're the king of contradictions. We, yes, we are, aren't we? But folks, thank you guys so much for not contradicting yourself and joining us this week as we romp you into a new week, a new month in the world of retro wrestling. We do have some topics in store for you, as always. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you, if you have a Twitter, follow us there at OVP Podcast on Twitter. Daily Wrestling Gifts and No Drama at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us if you want to at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But quit if people want to talk to you and me and well over 1,300 retro wrestling fanatics. Where can they go? Facebook.com slash new. They even changed the name of the company. Meta. This is true. It's all new. So what so happens? New. So they have a new search bar oh. over at this new site. Okay. And you type in the search bar, our vantage point, dash retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tube, score, kaflui. Hit the join group you're in. When you hit this button, I, I believe that the rule is not new. And that is, don't be what, Quinn? A dunderhead. All we're asking you to do, folks, is agree to one rule when you join our group on Facebook. Don't be a dunderhead. And what we mean by that is you, we want you to talk about old wrestling. We want you to bring up stuff from the 80s, the 90s, even the 2000s, and have discussions and debate and ask questions and things like that. The thing that we ask you is don't be a jerk about it. Yeah. You know jerking. what I mean? Don't be a jerkin. Yeah. Okay? That'll be next uh, next season. Don't be a little jerkin. Don't be a little jerkin. And all we mean by that is, hey, you want to disagree with each other? Do it. But you don't have to insult each other about it. Someone likes a barbarian more and you like the warlord more? You don't have to fight about it. Barbarian's good, though. I, barbarian doesn't like flair. Yeah. All we're saying is just have a fun time talking about old wrestling. No drama. Just have fun. And that's on our Facebook group. And also, speaking of fun, it might be fun for some of you if you like OVP and you want more content. We do have that available for people that want to support us. If you've been with us a while or you just really like what you hear, we got a whole lot more of it at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We have the 1984 Canon mm. uh, just came out this week and was the MSG show from July 23rd, 84. It's a big one. Cindy Lauper was there. Wendy Richter, new women's champion. You can check all that out. And obviously the pay-per-view reviews just came out this weekend as well. Survivor Series 94. So much content lately, huh? We have stuff. We have the things. And if you want the things, go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. It's only February 7th, right? Try it out for the rest of the month. And if you don't like it, just cancel. We don't get offended. We'd appreciate it if you just gave it a shot. Again, that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Michael. What? We are winding down the season. We are. And our opening segment for the season has been great. We've been taking suggestions, as we often like to do, and it's been a really fun time. And folks, if you're just joining us this season, what we're talking about is when a wrestler leaves one promotion and joins another one. This happened a lot in the 80s, a lot in the 90s, occasionally to this day. Some might call it a leap. Some might call it a transition. 
But we over here call it a jump. Should I stay or should I go? Might as well jump. Jump! Welcome back to The Jump, where we're talking about wrestlers that left one place, joined another, and the effects on that wrestler, their career, and the two promotions involved. And this is an interesting one, Michael. Is it? Because we're not doing just one person. Oh. There's a pair. Wow. And they didn't leave together, and they didn't join together, but it was so close to each other. Mm -hmm. They're very tied together. And this was actually suggested by two people, at least, again, that well, I saw. it's two people, so it's... So we know, got two, two people. people. There you go. We had uh, Tim Tetrialt. Tim one Tetris. Yep, Tim Tetris. And I'm probably going to butcher this name. He's a notable uh, personality on our group. I'm going to give it a shot. Okay, go for it. It is uh, Ata Lemelu. I don't know how to say your name, buddy. I'm sorry. He's trying. But I know who you are. And I do care about pronouncing names correctly, except Don Depinay Depinant. Yeah. Never well, tell us. Not, we don't talk about that. <laughs> so I'm sorry if I butchered it there. But anyway... These guys wanted us to suggest Mean Gene Okerlund oh? and Bobby Heenan. Bruno, he said as usual. Uh-huh. Now, these two, <laughs> this is interesting because... They were a pair when they left. They were, and but not only, see, not only did they jump from the WWF to WCW in 93, 94, it's interesting, they both worked previously in the AWA. You've got a big smile on your face tonight. Impressive in the Olympics. Who cares about watching a bunch of children wrestle? So Mean Gene Okerlund, and this is a very brief synopsis here. Mean Gene started in the AWA in 1970, and soon enough, yeah, I know. Yeah, soon crazy. enough became their premier interviewer. Now mm -hmm. he would occasionally be a ring announcer, occasionally be a commentator, but for the most part in the AWA, he was Mean Gene as we know him in the WWF. Right. He just did it for the AWA. Had a red jacket or something, right? <laughs> just a different color jacket. <laughs> That's all yeah. it was, right? Steve Regal, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Now he left the AWA at the end of 83. Let's go to Bobby Heenan now. Bobby Heenan joined the AWA in 1969. Whoa, even longer than Gene. Even longer than Gene. And he was pretty much there for the most part from 69 to 84. He did have a brief layover in Georgia mm -hmm. in the midst of that, but for the most part, 69 to 84, it's Bobby crazy Heenan. how long Bobby Heenan was around before WWF, right? Isn't it? it always like fascinates me. But I hate to say I'll give Ganya credit for anything. He made a statement out here that makes sense. On any given day, anybody can beat anybody. Now, in the AWA, Bobby Heenan was strictly a manager or a wrestler sometimes. Mm -hmm. In January of 1984, Mean Gene debuts in the WWF. Right. Here at ringside, this is Vince McMahon, along with the recognized voice of professional wrestling, Mr. Gene Okerlund. He is the Mean Gene that we all know and love, except for the first seven months he does commentary on it's championship wrestling. Hideous. Go watch it on the Patreon if, <laughs> if you care. That's right. If you can take it. Spins ah! in the air! And then Bobby Heenan joins the WWF in September of 1984. As a manager, a very occasional wrestler. My name is Bobby the Brain Heenan. I have outsmarted everybody in professional wrestling. Now, this is where it gets interesting. So, Mean Gene goes on to carve out probably the heart of his career, people would say, mm -hmm. in the WWF. Everyone from, knows him from that. Right. From 84 until the summer of 93. And Mean Gene, we've said it before, we'll say it again, the absolute best at what he did. There was no one better yeah. as a backstage interviewer than Mean Gene Okerlund. It's he, already an upgrade even on the 84 canon where he's like doing double duty for some reason. Yeah, he's not because Vince was doing the interviews and then Gene takes him over. And yeah. He just knew how to roll with everything. He had personality. He was funny. Pass the fucking potatoes! And he knew what to sell and he had a great voice. 
Bobby Heenan, on the other hand, was strictly a manager, again, sometimes wrestler, until 1986, and then he started doing commentary. Right. Wrestling Challenge, predominantly some MSG shows and mm-hmm. other things here and there, hosting uh, Primetime Wrestling with Gorilla. That's when that's when things really picked started up, the if, ramp you, up right? if you ask me. His broadcast journalist career. Yes. Last pair of buns I signed was a stripper Would you kitty stop? Litter. That's not necessary. And he actually retired from managing, as we know, in the spring of 91 and focused full-time on his broadcast journalism career, he had formed by... <laughs> like not I even, love it. It's just wrestling. I love it. Yeah. He had formed by that time, even, by 91, the probably the most beloved. Some people would say they're the best. Some wouldn't. I don't care. They're the funniest to me, and they're the most comforting. Duo, which was Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. It was wonderful. Like, everything about it is great. It's just so, it's like, awesome. From when they start pairing up... To, to the end. Yeah. Even the even the last day of Bobby in WF. Exactly. Right? So, Bobby Heenan, well regarded by 93 as one of the greatest managers ever and color commentators ever. Mean Gene Okerlund regarded as the greatest backstage interviewer. So, Mean Gene makes his final WWF appearance in September of 93. Tatanka goes one-on-one against Erwin R. Scheister. And in November, just about six weeks later, he debuts in WCW. Whoa. It's an honor to have you with us as a part of WCW Saturday Night and welcome to World Championship Wrestling. I'll tell you what, Tony Schiavone, what a pleasure for me. This was huge to me. This really was because WCW hadn't yet had Hulk Hogan, right? Right. They weren't really yet in the practice of bringing in too many WWF guys. Sure, there was a Davy Boy Smith here and there, mm-hmm. you know, a Jim Neidhart. I wonder if people thought something was up immediately when Mean Gene shows up that like something's going on here right Right. it's peculiar he was just on their weekend programming in September doing like a face-to-face or an update or something like that right six weeks later November 6th to be exact on Saturday night he shows up okay Bobby Heenan leaves the WWF at the end of 93 his last Raw which we've reviewed and it's a (laughs) sad funny moment right (laughs) underpants a sock you going to LaGuardia? Yeah. And all that. That's December 6, 93. About six weeks later, Bobby Heenan shows up January 27th, 1994. And I love the way they do it. Mean Gene's there and he's like, oh, what are you following me around, yeah. Heenan? Oh. Oh, I can't get away from you. Get him out of here. <laughs> so good. Heenan, won't you leave me alone? You follow me everywhere. What are you doing here? I work here. What are you doing here? So let's talk about the impact here because Mean Gene w- was there until the very end in WCW. Let's talk about his impact first, okay? okay? My opinion, tell me what you think, Quinn, is that having Mean Gene, who was for almost 10 years at this point, the WWF's, one of the voices of the WWF, mm-hmm. right? Having him now in WCW, which again, just keep in mind, folks, still pre-Hogan and Savage and all that at this point, but on the upswing, it is the Bischoff era. Right. Doesn't that almost instantaneously lend credibility? Absolutely. Yes. Because, I mean, listen, I love the WW on-air personalities, too. David but I mean, Crockett. Like, and- yeah, but I mean, adding Mean Gene to the fold was great because, I mean, immediately, he's just taking part in all the goofy shit that they do, like, with Dusty and all this crap. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's part of the team. And what was interesting is that I think he fit in really well with their broadcast team in general. Like, they seemed to, like, there didn't seem to be anybody, like, 
wow, get Mean Gene out of here, right? It's like, <laughs> right. like everyone was like, yeah, we want Mean Gene, you know? Like that's, I think that's like why it works so well. There, there didn't seem to be any animosity, right. nothing. It just kind of like it just worked, right? You know, an honorable mention here. I thought of this one uh, to Jesse Ventura, who was also in WCW by this time, right? Uh, just an honorable mention for him because he had been the WWF's preeminent color commentator. I feel like Jesse was the first to do that jump, right? Uh, well, Tony Schiavone, I guess, is another honorable mention. Kind of, but he, uh, he, he was, went from WCW to WWF then back to I don't count that it's like Jesse is different and then JR had left in 93 but yeah Jesse came into uh, WCW in 92 and that was kind of a big deal and when he was there with Shivani, they were a great team. So to add Mean Gene now into the mix, right? Th- these are guys that have worked with each other in the AWA and WWF days also. Mm-hmm. So that really worked. And I think Mean Gene, you know, if you watch throughout the 90s, he stays Mean Gene until the very end. He gets like the old man, like dirty old man kind of. So, But for I, the most part, he's Gene. I didn't know Gene. if we wanted to go into the negatives before we do both guys' positives. But first, uh, if we're doing it, see, here's the thing. I feel like there's a point, like around 98, where Mean Gene makes the show seem old for that's, some that's fucking fair. reason. That's fair. It's not like his fault. It's just like he's Mean Gene. Like, you know what I mean? What are you going to do, right? I think the same is true for Bobby. Right. In a lot of ways. Um, it's one thing that he made it look old, but at the same time, it's like there was a certain comfort too. Like I was saying to you like off air, I was like, I really just always enjoyed when Mean Gene would just... They would just like randomly on a nitro, like Gene's just in the ring, and then Ric Flair's music is in here. Mean by God, Gene, and like all that shit. And like, I just always associated like Mean Gene with like, oh, something like important is going to happen. Mean Gene's in the ring. He's got to talk to somebody, you know? Right. Diamond Dolly's page, get in here. You know, Hogan back in the early days of Nitro. Goldberg, oh, 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 who are you? Yeah. (laughs) Gigi Doolin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to do a Gene, but yeah. Chris Jericho, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, but I think Gene, you're right. I think around 98, maybe he started to seem a little passe. Right. But up to that point, he really did lend a comfort, a credibility, mm-hmm. a class, if you will. Absolutely. And then Bobby Heenan, right? And he gets accosted sometimes by certain people on our board for supposedly, allegedly, like, stinking in WCW. Mailing it in, is what some people say. And he admittedly did start doing that. So but it I wasn't until much later, right? It wasn't until, like, 96, So he was like, this place is stupid or yeah. something. Like, there was, like, some breaking point. I don't know what it was, but Bobby, like, realized they weren't going to make it. Yeah. And he didn't want to be on this sinking ship. He just had enough, right? Yeah, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to get the fuck out of here, right. basically. So with that in mind, though, the first couple of years of Bobby Heenan on commentary... 94, 95, into 96. He's great. He's mm-hmm. still Bobby Heenan. And to those that don't realize that, maybe you just weren't paying attention. Like, if you hear him with Shivani... It's the same thing in he, WWF. He's like, it's, great! And, and you know what? My One of my favorite Bobby kind of changing with the times was the whole fucking NWO thing. Like, he was... So, first of all, there there's two weird sides to this, right? When NWO comes around, first of all, there's like a weird, like serious Bobby where yes. he's like, oh my God, we, we got to do screwed. We're, we're, we're screwed. It's like, <laughs> I'm not going to do a, a wrestling interview. I'm talking to you man to man, face to face. I have a history of neck injuries. You know that you get a shot of this. I have nerve damage in my hand. Eric, the job isn't worth it to me to be out here. They almost broke your back a couple weeks ago. You saw what just happened out back. There's bodies all over the place. I'm not going to do the broadcast tonight. But then also, he's also rooting for faces because he's like... By default, right? By de- like, because he has to. And it's it, it's like this weird, interesting, and like, I always like that. I like that, like, Bobby, like, adapted. On the other hand, then there's like weird moments where he just 
literally just turns into old Bobby Heenan like um, on cue like when the time when fucking Hall and Nash like came on the fucking set and like he like all of a sudden Scurries he's like away, oh, I'm right? in the NWO yeah. now like yeah. it's like all this shit like the very brain right? yeah very brain very brain yeah now Mr. Bischoff I've admired you since the day I came to work here the reason I left the World Wrestling Federation was because of you I wanted to work for a man like you with your initiative and your brains I mean you're the Donald Trump of wrestling you make Steven Spielberg look like a guy running eight millimeter films in a garage someplace. And again, if you want to say that his quality declined as a commentator throughout his tenure, I agree. Mm-hmm. He agreed. You know what I mean? There was some bad moments, it's like the known. Sturgis and stuff like that. 96, yeah. yeah. It's known. He was. He became not as good as the years went on. But I would say his first couple of years, he was classic Bobby Heenan. Even into the NWO, like I said, yeah. he was fine. It was really I like, I again, 98. It was like around the same time where like Gene seemed old and Bobby all yep. of a sudden, like, I don't know. He just stopped giving a shit. Bobby's last big gasp, and I don't know that he gets enough credit for this, is he really put Goldberg over. Yeah, he did. He that really did. That whole Goldberg did. run, like Bobby the Brain, weirdly, like I said, this is the weird Bobby the Brain rooting for faces thing. Yeah. From day one, it's like he got behind Goldberg, yep. and it's like Bobby made him seem believable. Yep, right? it's really like wow, even help. Brain is like this guy's the shit, right? Right. It's like, when Bobby Heenan is cheering for you, yeah, and he's he didn't even like good guys, correct? You know what I mean? Like I think that's like what made Goldberg seem like a phenomenon, like right. one of those one of those little details, right? I totally agree. Yeah, but see, the thing about uh, WCW picking up Bobby Heenan is, I mean, God, to have Mean Gene and Bobby Heenan and Jesse Ventura all in the same company. Mm-hmm. There's an instant credibility there. It's not like when we turn on some of these shows that we review, like, who the hell is this dork? Sting, Kurt Angle. In all seriousness, though, Bobby Heenan is another one that added uh, a layer of credibility. Uh-huh. He really did. He made WCW seem like a big-time organization, much like Mean Gene did. And that way, by the time your Hulk Hogan's and your Randy Savage's and your Jim Duggan's and all these people filter in, You've got established professionals that know what they're doing when they feel like it Mm -hmm. uh, as far as getting people over, getting the presentation over. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just really think it were two great pickups. They they did good overall with some negatives, but who doesn't? Of course, there were negatives. Um, What I do want to just go on a little side here before we go. I love the little like when Mean Gene and Brain showed up and they started like pairing sometimes like for the fucking hotline and shit. Yes. Like I love that commercial where like Bobby and like Gene dress up like hotel maids and then like and then in the next scene they're like scuba gear like but you know like pooled and they're like we're li- they have like some kind of like listening apparatus yeah. and they're like trying to like hear it's like oh call the hotline <laughs> yeah. like it's like we we did this shit so that you would know <laughs> they're like um it's like their old all-american team back yeah it's together, very you know? all-american that <laughs> yeah. ad that ad like could have just you could have put that in 1993 yep on all-american and like just put WWF hotline and it would have been the fucking same thing. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's like actually like the one thing WCW, those hotline ads, they like to have a lot of fun with them. Like even not just that one. Yeah. Oh, so there it were was tons like, of them. it was like WCW, let mean Gene and Bobby get one ad. And I just loved it. I, I thought that was like, <laughs> it was good. I, it was just very memorable to me. I agree. Like the, just them up to their old shenanigans. Yeah, like, <laughs> totally. So overall, I'm not saying that Bobby and Gene are make or break mm-hmm. for WCW, but I really think it helped. I think it was it added to the whole ambiance of WCW during that period of growth and, and um, you know success for them between '93 and into the '90s. You know the later '90s. I think that it was great for both of their careers. Probably better for Gene mm-hmm. because Bobby obviously grew unmotivated and kind of 
down on it all the problem, much sooner. I think the difference between the two, it, it, not really much of a problem, but Bobby is the kind of guy throughout his time in the business that if this place blows, he's not going to fucking like go along with it. And as soon as he started to see the cracks... Bobby yeah. the Brain was the kind of guy that's like, I'm uh, fuck this. I'm too big yeah. for this shit. Like, it's like, because he knows, right? Bobby the Brain, he's the kind of guy that knows what he's worth. And he's probably saying to himself, I could just call up Vince if I really wanted to and just fucking leave. Maybe. Like, and Vince would take me back. Maybe, yeah. And, you know, and, and, but Gene's on the other hand, like, Gene was always loyal to wherever he was until, like, somebody made him a better offer, but Gene wasn't getting an offer. No. You know? And the thing is, is Vince had won, as far as effect on the WWF, uh, Vince had wanted to move on from Mean Gene. He didn't offer him a new deal when his old one expired. Which it I thought was weird when he did that. Like at the time, it did. It seemed like with what they still were at that point. Yeah, it, it's like a little early to be getting rid of Gene. Maybe uh, uh, you know he could have certainly lasted longer. Yeah, and it might have made the new generation more tolerable. Uh, the one thing with announcers that, uh, unlike a lot of other things, I think Bobby and Gene could have just naturally went into the attitude era. I'm not kidding. Like, because I you think, could just, I think you could just make that work. If Jerry Lawler could do it, why yeah. couldn't Bobby Heenan? Oh yeah. In all seriousness. I mean, I could see Bobby the brain Heenan talking dirty and shit. Like, like it totally changed his character and yeah, stuff. Not like, in a perverted Jerry Lawler way, maybe, no, but, but you know, kind of go with the act. Like he knows what's fucking going on or and, something. And defending heel McMahon against Austin and stuff. Oh my God. That would have been hilarious. He could have done. And Gene like, Oh, Oh, Austin. Oh my God. You know, yeah. like a Zamboni. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine like all those segments, right. those like in-ring segments like the Zamboni and yeah. Gene's in there with it? He's like, oh, Vince McMahon, what are you going to do? Oh, oh, oh he's got oh, a Zamboni. Concrete. Oh, yeah. concrete in the Corvette. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> naked Midian. Oh, <laughs> oh get him out of here. <laughs> anyway, as people turn the show off in droves. <laughs> yeah, if you don't listen to the canon, like this is that's where that impression yes. came from. And a Coming soon to the free canon anyway is Gene. We're just yeah. about in 84. With that said, though, thank you guys for that suggestion. We do appreciate it. Folks, let us know what you think. Overall, I think a great move by WCW. I don't think it hurt WWF too much. I don't think they would have been any more right. successful if they still had those two. I think we would have might might have found it funny. But let us know what you think the deal is with Bobby and Gene jumping from WWF to WCW. Do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, it's week number four of the worst Royal Rumble matches of all time. That's right. The Royal Flush is coming up right after this. Hey, gang, have you heard the latest? Hey, humanoids, wake up. It's the brain on the hotline. And I've got it all right here. Call the biggest names in wrestling on the WCW hotline. And I'm going to tell you things you won't believe. What we can't say on TV, you can hear on the hotline. Call right now, the WCW hotline, 1-900-909-9900. Calls cost 99 cents per minute. Kids get parents' permission to call. Charges will appear on parents' phone bill. And now, back to your romp through the world of retro wrestling. O-V-P. 
And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode 258. And it is Monday, February 7th, 2022. Hey, Quinn. What? Did you know that we have a Patreon? Oh, we do? Yeah, we do. And here, we're going to talk about it for a second. Okay. So, folks, in all seriousness, if you want to support us, you just want to try out the extra content, maybe just give it a shot for the rest of February. Mm-hmm. And you can do that at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. What you're going to get is very affordable extra content. Two bucks a month is going to get you the 1984 canon that we were talking about, the gene impressions oh. and everything. Oh, sorry, Alex. And you're going to get with that everything back to 82. Yeah, this is a, it's a lot. lot. It's a lot of content. And you can consume it in video form or audio only. Ooh. Yes. So try it out. It's like an hour and it comes out every Friday. It really is a fun time, especially now that we're in the rock and wrestling era. Oh, yeah. We're very rock and wrestling. We're very rock and wrestling. 1984 canon, two bucks a month. And then the highest tier we offer, guess what? Five dollars. That's, That's it. it. That's the highest That's, tier. It doesn't go. It's it. It doesn't go anymore. And you're going to get the canon with that, but... Every month, you're going to get a brand new WWF pay-per-view review. We've done all of them back to the first WrestleMania, like we said. And you get all those just for signing up. Just for signing up, you're going to get all of them, including the latest ones, Survivor Series 94, all the queasy that you can stand. Ew. And pink. And Todd in a hat. And Survivor Series in general. (laughs) Just guts and glory, everybody. So anyway, if you want to know what we think about all those pay-per-views, you want to hear us talk about them for several hours... That's why they come out once a month. You can consume them in one Saturday afternoon, like some of you crazies do, or you can stretch them out throughout the month. The bottom line is we want you to feel like you're getting your money's worth. We never, ever, ever want anyone to feel ripped off. And that's why we only offer these two tiers and we keep the price capped at five bucks. If you like us and you want to try this out, give it a shot. We'd appreciate it. If if you don't, we totally understand. But my advice is try it. And if you don't like it, just cancel. And as always, you want to try it for free? Just send me a message. That's how much I'm willing to stand behind this. Wow. I'm Ron Popeil. Try my knives. Patreon.com slash OVP. What do we say about the Patreon? Set it and forget forget it. it. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. All right, Michael. It's week four of the Royal Flush. Yes, it is. It's where it gets hairy and scary. (laughs) It does with the flush, yes. So, folks, what is the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush? Well, each season before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And for this season, being that the season was in January predominantly. Tis the season. Tis the season for Royal Rumbles. That's right. We're talking Royal Rumble matches. What happens is we take your votes. We put them in the two separate tanks. One for the best, one for the worst. We pull out two names at a time, and then we rank them. That way, by the end of the season, what you will have is the definitive baptized ordained non-GMO USDA certified extra crunchy and healthy. Best and worst Royal Rumble matches of all time. Now, this is a flush week. That means the worst. There are six names on the board. We're going to run them down for you. We don't agree with everything that got voted in, but we're just here to rank. Mm-hmm. We don't vote. We don't. Okay. It's you not, did. It's not our job. Or maybe you didn't. And Ooh. maybe you should have. Uh, but anyway, at number one, we agree on this one, Quinn. 2015. Stink. Yeah, just stink. Just right in the middle of that shitty like row of Royal Rumbles. Exactly. Because right behind it at number two is 2014. It's only at number two. It's the origin stories of 2015. Because they were naive in 14 and in 15 they just did it again. Yeah. Number three is the shortest Royal Rumble to my knowledge except for 88 which might even be longer for all we know. Uh, 1995. Yep. And number four is 93 Succulent Foods. Sucky Royal Rumble. Number five is 2016. The other part of the trilogy. Yeah, it's not 
it's not the like worst, I said, though. it's not as bad as the other two, but it's bad. It's still bad. Yeah. And then number six, I don't know why this is here. I, I'm I don't quite get okay it. with it, but 88, the first one. The only thing about the first one is that shit at the end where they're like, it's still going. Like in fucking you mean Haku's, the show is still going? Yeah, and Haku's wrestling and <laughs> stuff. Young and they stallions. have like a fucking, they decide to go talk to Ted DiBiase in the middle of a match. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. <laughs> Make the match pause. <laughs> yeah, it's not true. even still going. It's true. Anyway, folks, those are the six on the board. Now we're going to pull out two more names in a second. Quinn, we've talked about it all season, but just to refresh people, a good Royal Rumble has a good roster. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a lot of tag wrestlers. Several. I think you've gathered that a bad one has tag wrestlers <laughs> yeah. just by that comment. Right. Several, maybe four, five, six credible winners. Okay. Not a foregone conclusion necessarily. No. It could be, but... And has memorable moments. There's action. It's actually entertaining from start to finish. This is a surprise. A surprise. Uh, some memorable spots, you know, funny things happen, whatever the case may be. A bad Royal Rumble, Quinn? What's that all about? No surprises. Tag wrestlers, right. like a lot of them. Boring. Lots of Royal Rumbling. Not memorable. Right. Some of these, like, what, who was in this? The fans watching yeah. hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and people actively hate it. Yeah. Some are so bad that they are memorable, how bad they are. Like, that if I can remember that that was a piece of shit. True. Then, wow, you, you've accomplished something. There you go. So, that's a little bit of the criteria. We will file it down as we pull out the next two names. But before we even can do that, we must go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Batista will headline WrestleMania 30. Mr. McMahon is eliminated from Rattlesnake. The winner of the Royal Rumble, Hacksaw Jim Gooder. Shawn Michaels at this time is throwing his name into the many names that will be competing at the Royal Rumble in Fresno. It's the Royal Flush. Okay. Well, we can't even hear me over the week number four. It's there. The toilet is right. Can't could we? It doesn't like me. So, it's week number four of the Royal Flush. Quinn, yeah. we've run down the six names on the board. We have. We're going to pull two more out of the tank this week. Folks, of course, let us know what you think and why on Twitter, Facebook. Shoot us an email. But I think without any further ado, it's time to go down to the fans, Quinn. You want to do that? Let's do it. Let's find out who drew number seven. Ho ho! The 1999 Royal Rumble, the No Chance in Hell, No Chance in Hell origin story. Now you know what's interesting about this Royal Rumble. It takes place in 1999, so I probably can't tell you any fucking thing that happened other than who won. Well, yeah, we gotta <laughs> we gotta talk about <laughs> that, that for that, a second. Is, I mean, just looking at the card without even like getting to the Rumble, and we usually don't do the card. No, we don't. But I want to say this: I'm looking at these matches, and I'm like, this is like every fucking episode of Raw during this time period. It's it really like is. Big Boss Man versus Road Dog and Shamrock versus Billy Gunn. I mean, like X Pac. Like, versus Gangrel. Like, what could you discern this? Also, there's like fucking nine matches or some shit like on a Royal Rumble. There's and usually only like four. The only notable one is, uh, and it's not really, it's brutal, is the Rock Mankind I Quit. 
Yeah, all although, those chair shots. It's very memorable. It's memorable, but yeah. it's brutal. Some people associate it with 98 for some reason. No, it's I, 99. I yeah. So the problem with 99 for me is I don't like it. I liked it at the time. Right. But I was also 13. This I mean, is it has of, a surprise ending, Joe. It does. It does. We got to give it that. But I'm talking the year 99. Right. I don't rewatch this year ever because it's a headache. Well, you're eventually going to have to. Eventually. Mm-hmm. But I watched it all at the time. I loved it as a kid, but it is a tough rewatch. Now, I get why this one's on here because I didn't like it at the time, this Royal Rumble match. I don't know that I like it now. And I understand why. And maybe there's some people that like it. That's cool and everything. I, I get that. But it's our responsibility to run it all down and scientifically it rank it. So where did this take place? Well, Anaheim, California at the Arrowhead. And this is January 24th, 99. We need to mention the storyline leading up to this. There's only one storyline in WWF during this time period. Yeah. It's Austin McMahon still. Yeah. You know, the main thing. Mm-hmm. And the whole No Chance in Hell theme was actually the theme song of this Royal Rumble. Right, Vince McMahon's theme. Because his whole deal was, Austin, you have no chance at hell, you know, whatever, to win the thing because heels. So so the idea here, right, is they were able to get the belt off off Austin at the No Chance in Hell tournament or whatever it was. Deadly uh, game prior to that, yes. Deadly game in hell tournament. Uh, (laughs) Everything was in hell back then. Um, (laughs) It was all in hell. Right. Deadly game, Austin loses. And actually, like, one of my favorite, like, swerve things ever. It's amazing. Anyway. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's he good. He loses in his big chance, right? Here's his big chance. He gets to, you know, he can be in the Royal Rumble right. and win it, right? Now, I don't remember, Joe. You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong here. But I swear, like, Vince, just to be a piece of shit, like, made sure that Austin was number one. Yes. Like, McMahon made sure Austin was number one. Right. And he entered himself as number 30. However, and you'll probably like this, Glenn. Commissioner Shawn Michaels. Yes, Commissioner, the commish, as he called himself. And he's like, yeah, you know, you know, Vin, man, you're number two or yeah. whatever, or whatever the fuck it so was. Th- you go into this thinking, oh, well, Vince McMahon, he just bit off more than he can chew. How the fuck? Right. Like, Stone Cold's going to beat the shit out of him like right. five minutes into this thing, right? And to give Vince Russo some credit here, which not a lot of people are quick to do, bro, he didn't hotshot that. They had never faced each other ever since mm-hmm. the first tease with the April of 90. Raw, right? Right. Vince and Austin have very rarely had a chance to An get their hands on each other encounter. in like a sanctioned in-ring thing. Yeah. So the appeal of Austin drawing number one and Vince being number two, that is kind of cool. Right. I'll give them that. Here's the problem, and you're gonna see it as we run it down. There is literally zero other people in this <laughs> that could possibly win. And some people might say, well, who cares? It was all about storyline. Maybe, but it doesn't age well, is what I'm saying. It just isn't, you know what I mean? Joe, how could you say that <laughs> Kurgan doesn't have a chance well, to win the Royal Rumble? No chance in hell for Kurgan. <laughs> so let's run it down. So obviously, Austin is number one. Uh-huh. Number two is Vince. Okay. This is more important than the WWF Championship. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon going one-on-one. What we need to mention, I'm just going to say now, is intermittently, and I believe it's early on and for a while, Vince finds creative ways to leave the ring. Right. At one point does commentary. I want to say this. That was actually amusing because... It is. It's I good think heel it was, shit. I think also it was like predictable, right? The the concept that Vince would find a way to, you know, and just not actually be in this thing. Just sort yes. of be in it, right? Because yep. he's an asshole, right? Yeah. They even fight in the fucking crowd. Right. You know, like, it's, yeah. it's really the Vince and Austin show, but what that does is it leaves... <laughs> 
the Attitude Era mid card in there. Oh my <laughs> god, it's and, and I, renders I it jo- useless. I was joking before about Kurgan, obviously, but I mean, this list of people is kind of unbelievable. When you said that, I actually never thought about that before. That there's like no one in this. There's Although there no is one. like Triple H's in it. We'll get to the people. Yeah, I'm just saying. So number three was Golga. Yeah, uh, Austin Quinn. Yeah, Golga was still there. Golga's oh. gonna win the Royal Rumble. John Tenta. Yeah. I'm gonna win. Yeah, uh, Austin quickly eliminates him. Number four is Draws. Draws the Draws man. The yep. pu- he's got a puke. He's not gonna guy. win though. Yeah. <laughs> Number five was Hedge. Yeah. But he was still like you think you know me, new brood, old brood. You're it doesn't not sure. Matter. Is he? Does he live in the gutters? I don't know. Is he? Is he Raven? Like, yeah. What is this guy? <laughs> I still. I love the like mystery about him. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so. Weird. I think I was like asking about it at this year's Royal Rumble. Were- like, does anyone like wonder about Edge? Like, what 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 happens? Why like, did he used to do that? Him and Beth Phoenix like run a bar somewhere. <laughs> something I don't know. Uh, six was. Gilbert, yeah, it. Goldberg, definitely, definitely gonna win. Goldberg parody, yeah. Remember Dwayne Gill? Oh yeah, it was actually pretty funny. Oh, oh please, please, look out! Yeah, please, Goldberg, what? Was Goldberg Uh Edge eliminated him in six yep. seconds. Now here's a blue chipper, Joe. He's a chipper, all right. Yeah. His name is Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman, he's great. One of Quinn's favorites because he wore the cheese hat the one time. And, and he had uh, light-up sticks and, and he did karate. That's true. He was fucking cool, Joe. Like, why does everyone crap on I Steve like, Blackman? I like him. Yeah. I like him, seriously. Uh, number eight, I'd be lying if I said I knew he was still here. Yeah. Dan Severin so, was in this? You know, I'm guessing they wanted Steve Blackman to fight Dan Severin. There's no other reason why they would do this. Whoopee. Yeah. Uh, number nine, again, why? Uh, Tiger Ali Singh. Well, this was during the period, Joe, if you recall. They were like, Tiger Ali Singh, he's going to be the greatest fucking thing. He trained in a basement with Dr. Tom or whatever. His dad is Tiger Jeet Singh, who yeah. you've never heard of, 12-year-old watching this. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Uh, the son like, of Tiger Jeet Singh. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> the legendary <laughs> Japanese champion, Tiger Jeet it's Singh. Like, it's I, like, who? I just got pubes. I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> Basically. You know? That's like everyone at home. <laughs> yeah, it's like, who are you talking about? Anyway. Uh, this one's weird. I didn't know he was already here. Yeah, I guess uh, right around this yeah. time, right? Again, Attitude Era, man. Yeah. Uh, Blue Mini. Yeah, I thought he was still in the EC dubs in 99. Did it matter by that point? Did he it probably matter? probably was still in ECW. They probably were just like, you can be in this. Hey, Ed, Ed, can we call Paul Heyman and get, get who's the, the Blue Mini? He makes we, me laugh on TV. He got the blue hair and he's fat, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bro. The little shirt. Belly shirt, bro. <laughs> anyway, speaking of fat, Mabel, number 11. Now, I want to Mabel. I want to mention. He was still Mabel. So oh, wait, what? He, yes. So here's the deal, right? Okay. Mabel made his return at this show. Right. Now, he had been gone since uh, January of 96, the mm-hmm. Royal Rumble. He had made a one-night return, if no one remembers us, to fight Ken Shamrock like right after King of the Ring. I remember that. Do, I remember right? thinking, this is super weird that yes. Mabel's here, right? In his King, King Mabel King, gear. The King. Yes. King Mabel. He's back, baby. Yep. But then he appeared, I think on Heat, right before this. And he was Mabel, right? Mm-hmm. But I believe he is kidnapped at this show. Correct. Well, you can tell by, by the, the elimination here. Oh, okay. Well, so we'll get yeah. to that. But he's he's kidnapped, and then he becomes Viscera. We'll get to it. But Mabel, yeah, he's only in for what, a minute? He's he el- only in for a minute, but he eliminates like five people. He eliminates Blackman, Severin, Tiger Lee Singh, Blue Meanie. And draws. And draws. He eliminates all these fucking people. And Good. then 
He gets like abducted or some shit. So he gets abducted by the acolytes. That's yeah. Farouk and Bradshaw and Midian. Midian, who was pretty new as Midian, he the was naked one, <laughs> not, not yet. naked yet, but. clothed Midian. Yeah. Anyway, that brings out Road Dog. Well, he's gonna win. So here's the thing. Road Dog is always a sleeper in the Royal Rumble. I always feel he's usually he, sleeping in the Royal Rumble. Yes, because he has a strategy and he always makes it to the last like 10 ish people. So it's, it's, a, it's very good. It's like, like a Mr. Fuji memorial spot. Yeah. Do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, maybe that's just the theme in my wrestling like life is that I always appreciate these people who that do nothing. That do nothing. Figure out a fucking way. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. Road Dog can win. Definitely. Yeah, sure. That's what. Totally, if, if Mr. Fuji was young enough when they started doing Royal Rumbles, he would have fucking done that shit. I stay uh, right here. Very wise. You come near me, I poke you. Yeah. <laughs> um, number 13, he's in for less than 30 seconds. The road dog eliminates him. Gangrel. Oh, boy. That push is going well. Well, the brood is still following him, right? Yeah, he's got the cup and everything and yeah. the happy entrance. Mm-hmm. Number 14, speaking of him earlier, Kurgan. Yeah, Kurgan. Kurgan's going to win. He's still there, He's too. so tall. It's amazing. And very tall. Yeah. That makes him good. Uh, number 15, what does everybody want? Head. That's right, Al Snow. He's here, baby. For 47 seconds, and he's Road here. Road Dog gets rid of him. Yes, he does. Road Dog. Big pit. powerhouse. Yeah, you, you shit on Road Dog doing nothing. He just got rid of two people. <laughs> You're right. I apologize. Number 16 is Goldust. Can't remember if he was a heel or a face here. I is can... he the artist formerly known? No, he's currently known. He's Presently, just re- regular dust. Regular dust. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no Luna, none of that shit. No, 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 no. Uh, 17, this guy will wake up any crowd, the Godfather. You know what? You, serious. No, yeah, being no, serious. Seriously, like, this crowd probably needed this. Yeah. Like, honestly, it comes out. So well, I'm not, over. I'm sure there's, like, 7 million hoes because it's the Royal Rumble. It's like, or, like, 30 of them exactly. <laughs> like, some shit like that. You know what I mean? And here comes entry number 17. You know, Ho notwithstanding, didn't we always say he was kind of like the Attitude Era Duggan? Yes. Even though it was like inappropriate from nowadays, like he would, this would never exist now. But this shit was like across the nation. You know, the fucking Godfather come out. Yeah. People like lose their shit. I know. Now Kane comes in and he clears out a few people. He clears out Road Dog. He clears out Kurgan. He clears out Goldust and the Godfather. And he eliminates himself. I don't understand this. Well, I don't even... Like, what happened here? I don't remember what his problem it was. It doesn't fucking matter. Something with the corporation or something. I can't remember. It I wasn't know with it, The Undertaker. He was done with him already. wasn't The Undertaker specifically, no. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, 19 is Ken Shamrock. Mm-hmm. believe the Intercontinental Champion at the time. Wow. Blue Trunks. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was when he was IC Champion, he was always Blue Trunks. Yeah. Because the belt, like, matched. Uh, 20... Billy Gunn. Now he's yeah. Mr. Mr. Ash. Mr. 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 The, the premier ash yeah. of the WF. He's an ass. Yeah. Uh, 21 is Test. This is a test. Yeah. This guy. He's pretty new. I just never understood why they kept Test for so long. I, in he general. Had, he had a, um, a look, but he sucked. He wasn't very good, was yeah. he? Now, number 22 is Big Boss Man. Now, this is edition. Big Boss Man. Well, some would say, yes. He's you're, got a chance, Joe. You're one of the, you know what? He does in this period of time. He, because he, here's the thing, right? Never lost. He never, A, he never loses. And B, he's always like cheating like a lot. Like, yes. he seems like the guy that would like fuck over Austin for McMahon. Oh, yeah. Like, he did that before. So, basically, what you're telling me is the credible winners in this so far are Steve Austin mm-hmm. and Big Boss Man. Big boss man, and don't forget, um, well, Mabel had a chance until he got abducted. Good point, yeah. Uh, you can tell we're talking about the attitude art because we just said that sentence. Mm-hmm. Number 23 is Triple H, but not world title level. Yeah, what still, even? I don't even like early 99. What is he even doing? Still DX. Okay. He's back from his knee injury mm-hmm. that he had had um, in the fall. 
But is you he know? starting to turn into the game yet or something? No, he's no. still not playing any games. He still wears pants. Still has pants, yeah. Okay. And he's a face. Ugh. 24 is pal penis. Yeah. Sorry. This guy was one of those guys that I always felt in the Attitude Era. They wanted him to be more the Duggan, right? He was I, another one that was they, very similar. They, they were like, they were like, oh, you know, they're going to get a pop out of this because the video has a mm-hmm. like a fucking boner or something on it. I don't remember <laughs> yeah, that shit. It's real. It's like all sorts of boners of <laughs> certain kinds. Yeah. Like, well, he, <laughs> his name is Val Venus, yeah. Quinn. Yeah. It's a porn star, bro. Uh-huh. Uh, by the way, this is around the time, maybe when it was Shamrock that was in that, where Vince is just like, I'm going to do some commentary. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but not been eliminated. Not been eliminated. The referee right there. You got to go over the top and both feet up to hit the floor. <laughs> Number 25 is X-Pac. Uh-huh. Very over still in this period. This is like... Yeah, he's actually like a guy who has a chance. He's more over than fucking Triple H. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he's great in 99. Yeah. Uh, number 26. <sighs> no one knew at the time how good this guy was. Yeah, he was this, secretly good. This era of Mark Henry. Mm-hmm. Love it. 27. Still even here? Oh, yeah. For the rest of the year almost. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this is the Slap Nuts Breaking Guitars era. Ugh. Don't piss me off, I believe it was, mm-hmm. in WWF. Jeff Jarrett. Horrible. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Terrible, Joe. You just don't like him. This huh? is when I started not liking when he had the short hair and it look. It's like ah, I got Deborah now and all this <laughs> shit. It's like fuck off. <laughs> he stinks. Uh, Twenty eight. Twenty eight. During again, he was great the whole time until the incident. Yeah, later I know. In the year. It's very sad. D Lo Brown. D Lo baby. Love him. Yeah. Seriously. Twenty nine. Okay, so this is weird, Joe. Because yeah, to me, maybe it's just retroactively or something, but. Owen Hart is 29. He seems like he has a shot. Not by then. I know, but still, they could like, he always felt like a guy, like, any moment, are they going to just turn him the fuck on? Like, are they actually going to use him? No, they're going to put him in a blue blazer costume. I know, but that didn't happen yet. No, it was happening around this time. Wasn't he going crazy around this time? They did that tasteless callback to um, the Austin injury angle where, like, Owen injured Dan Severn. He's like, I'm going to retire. But then the Blue Blazers start showing up, remember? Oh, right. And then sometimes it's Jeff Jarrett. And Owen's like, see, it's not that? me. Like, why did they have to get... That Jeff, was good, though. Why does Jeff Jarrett always got to wheedle his way in? That is funny. That's classic Owen, though. <laughs> That's classic Owen. I'm just saying, it's like Owen Hart's one of those... Like, I I don't know. I just... Uh, even back then, I was like, when are they going to just make him be like the fucking King of Hearts again and oh, just kick some ass? Like, I remember thinking around this time... It's going to happen, 98, right? 98, 99, I'm like, when is Owen going to be like serious again? Yeah. Why is he always a big loser? <laughs> yeah. It was coming to a boiling point around this point. Right. Right. Where it was like, he's either going to go to WCW or he's going to be like a big fucking star. Like it's going to be one or the other. Yeah. It should have been the second one. Yeah. Big fucking star. Uh, number 30, she won the uh, corporate rumble, which was like the corporation had Excuse their me. Um, oh. What is that? <laughs> they had their own rumble. The- what was Pete Gas in that shit? No, I don't think the Mean Street Posse was there yet, but yeah. anyway. China, the first woman in a Royal Rumble. That is notable. Now, Austin, who is back by now, eliminates the following people. I'm not I'm just telling you who, okay? Ken Shamrock, Billy Gunn, Test, Big Boss Man, Triple H. <laughs> just easily. Tri- <laughs> fuck Triple H. Owen Hart and China. Yeah. She's only in for like 30 seconds. It's sad. So we get to the point where it's just Austin and Vince, right? Okay. So Austin obviously wins this thing. Well, that's what everyone thought, right? right. I definitely did. Yeah, I was like, this is, you know what the thing about this was? It was like, it did feel like a, 
you know, Austin's obviously going to go to WrestleMania. He's going to yep. kick the Rock's ass, and that's going to be it. He had 197. Uh-huh. He had 198, and that was obvious. So it was like, all right, they're just going to do this. He'll fight the Rock at WrestleMania. It's going to be like HBK or whatever. Right. But instead, the Rock comes down, distracts Steve Austin, gets involved. Vince McMahon dumps Steve <laughs> Austin and wins the Royal Rumble. some thoughts about this that maybe aren't popular listen i understand that like it's stupid vince wins the royal rumble right but big butt here like this fits the story and here's the thing is austin already won two royal rumbles before this does he really need a third great like, does he need to be hulk hogan or whatever but i mean if you ask vince russo i'm with him he's a bro the character Vince McMahon knows that he's not a wrestler. Yeah, he can't a- beat him fairly. He's a heel. You're not supposed to like that he won. Yes, and that's the other thing here. Is here's here's the thing: is a Royal Rumble match is one of those matches that, first of all, like beating someone isn't really just dumping like it doesn't them matter it's, in the Royal Rumble. It's not like you beat them. Right, like, you're not you know, pinning them with your you're finisher not them. unless you're Randy Savage. Also, it's like you know, it's complete fucking luck. Like on yeah. its face, yes. Like you know what I mean. Like yes. you can draw one and win. It doesn't make you good. It just makes you like, <laughs> oh, you just you know nobody three out, right? You know, yeah. Um, I don't know. It seems like the perfect kind of way to do it. Even though I agree, it's silly. The main problem though that people have with this, I think, or that I have, is the match is terrible. Right, and that that's inexcusable. I mean, now, they clearly were just setting up for like one thing. They, yeah. they, they, this is all that matters. It was the first time, maybe 98, but that was it was less blatant, where the Royal Rumble was more of a means to an end mm-hmm. rather than an attraction in its own right meant to be entertaining. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was the first time they really bent the rules to the point where like Vince and Austin aren't even in it the whole time. Yeah, and but shit to be like fair, that. I mean, that- he did commentary! To the be rules fair. say if you don't go over the top rope, the gorilla's been yelling about this for fucking ever. I know, I know. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> so I get both sides. I get why it's on here, but I also agree with some of what you're saying. However, we have another one to okay. bring out here. So let's go down to the fans and let's find out who drew number eight. You know, 2012 is now 10 years ago. Yeah. That qualifies it as almost almost retro in my Wasn't book, Wasn't that man. supposed to be the end of the world or some shit, 2012? Yeah, the Mayan then, calendar, Then I they think, make yeah. a movie about that. Yeah. Now, why does this Royal Rumble have, like, fucking Jerry the King dressed up like nobody beats the Wiz or something? I'm sure, a, that's a, not Paul Heyman. I'm not, I still don't, I don't, poster. look up Royal Rumble 2012. I don't know if that's Jerry the King or Paul, it could be Paul Heyman when he wasn't fat. It's just like. <laughs> How old is that picture? I just don't get what this. This even back then when they would show this poster for this show, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it like bothered me for whatever reason. Well, Royal Rumble 2012 bothered people for some reason. It's on yeah. here. I have seen this show exactly once. I saw it when it happened. I yeah. never watched it again. <laughs> so I'm not going to have a detailed recollection. This is why we run down the roster and mm-hmm. stuff. But here's what I do know: 2012 is 10 years ago. That's such impressive math. Do you know your ABCs also? Did you know C-A-T spells cat? Did you know that if I rub it for long enough, I'll squirt? This period of time, just so you guys know, this, by the way, was January 29th, 2012, in St. Louis, Missouri. That was the one that was there this year. Yeah. (laughs) Now, this, for the record, okay? Uh Yeah, you're right about that. It's weird. 
CM Punk, this is during his long and good run as WWE champion. Right. Which was relatively new. He had one of the Survivor Series. So at this one, he's defending against uh, Dolph Ziggler. So oh, so that doesn't matter. It's <laughs> for mean, Christian Ouellette yeah, out there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that The best wrestler ever, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, but also there's still, don't forget, the world heavyweight champion is Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as I always say, that belt doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. I, I it, never... It's during that, like, when that belt was basically the Intercontinental belt. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, who gives... Like, to give you an example, this is the era where it's like, Daniel Bryan defeated Big Show and Mark Henry. Neat. That means we don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean when they I do know. shit like that. But anyway, a lot of people that we know are in this. Yeah. Again, I haven't... I saw it once. You guys will have to, if you voted for it, tell us why. We'll do mm-hmm. our best to run it down. I know what happens in it vaguely. I remember. So, obviously, the winner gets to choose which fucking belt he wants. Is the ECW belt no, still around? a thing by 12. <laughs> yeah, just asking. <laughs> I always like during this period, I need to make sure. No, they're not. Like, oh, the fact that that was ever uh, a choice is, like, insane to me. Yeah, I know. Who the <laughs> fuck would pick that? Um, number one. So here you go, The Miz. The Miz. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Is the you know what the one thing I appreciate about Miz is that yeah. like just his longevity is kind of insane when you think about it, right? Oh, I agree. Like, I mean, it's he, just like I would never expect the fucking guy from some random real world season right? like would still be wrestling. It's amazing. Still, still be married to a wrestler, have like his own wrestling like reality show. Yep. But it's not he's really more of a wrestler. Like he's not now he's like not as much a reality star. He's more of just a fucking WE person, you know? Agreed, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like I just I I admire it for whatever reason. No, it's it's weird and kind of cool, to yeah. be honest with you. Uh, so he was number one. Alex Riley was number two. Was, wasn't he working for The Miz mm-hmm. or some shit like that? Yeah, I know. I think that had ended by this point. Okay. Uh, so, so it's I like, oh, it's a, big revenge. And I then The Miz think, just eliminates him, it says. Yes, he does. Quickly. Uh, three, another guy still around. R-Truth. Yeah. I have no problem with him. Yeah. R-Truth's no, great. Uh, yep. Number four, of course, he's in a Royal Rumble because this is what he did was just not matter. <laughs> Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, the best thing that ever happened to him was like owning his own company. Yeah, just leaving. <laughs> I just feel like I'm going to start my own wrestling. Fuck this place. Beats the hell out of teaming up with hardcore fucking Holly yeah. for a year and a half. Number five was uh, Justin Gabriel. Maybe you guys know him as PJ Black. Yeah. Extra jobbery. Like he was very much velocity. Yeah. Like he was that did main not event. Matter. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of thing. Primo Cologne was number six. Remember them? The brother of the, Carlito. The Primo Carlito tag team. Very prem. Yeah. <laughs> so much prem. Now, number seven was cool because it was Mick Foley. Mick Foley! Mick Foley! What's it going to be? Oh! Uh, this is going to be a car wreck, all right. Oh, here we go, baby. Mick Foley! Uh, number... Eight is Ricardo Rodriguez. Now that Who was. Who is this? Uh, remember, he was. Um, I don't even remember this okay. guy. You know oh, how, you oh, know this how you is remember the guy, him? the announcer yes, guy. Exactly. Okay, uh, Alberto Del Rio's announcer. Personal announcer. Right. It was really great. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, number nine is Santino. Santino's great. Don't, big, yep. big doofus by 12. Lovely. No, fine. No, but. this is when they turned him. You know what? I actually thought that this was no, nice. Stop. Why? Is when they made him more of like a kid-friendly character for Why? like the younger ones in the audience with the snake. <sighs> He's got the snake. You like the Cobra? Listen, it's not as good as original Santino, but I can take this because this is what kept Santino not getting fired. Was being like a fucking mascot, like he was the Bushwhackers or something. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> All right. After him, coming in at number 10 is Epico. Epico. He's in for 
12 seconds. Did he tag team with Primo at one point? He might have. I'm not sure. Are Which they one related? is he? Epico. I yeah, no, remember. he's related to Primo. Definitely. Yeah, I th- I forget how. It's not like his brother, though. Might They're be like his cousins or something. Yeah, I, I think it's know. his cousin. Okay. Uh, anyway, he's in for 12 seconds, fully eliminated. So number 11, Kofi Kingston. The usual. Did not botch his elimination spot in yeah. this one. <laughs> you know what's amazing is, um, again, we're talking about recent shit, but I can't believe he botched it. That's the only time I've ever seen him botch his elimination spot in the history of like doing it for like 15 years or yeah. some shit. I, I was always surprised that it never happened early. I know, right? I was actually, when it happened, I was like, it finally happened. He like didn't <laughs> land it. It's like amazing. I, I'm impressed. I mean, for how long Kofi's been there now. Like He's 14, a Hall of 15 Famer. Years. He made. He, he might made, fucking be. He yeah. Made, he made lemonade out of lemons, man. Like he really like took a like pretty much like they kind of sentenced him to the mid card from the get go, and he Jamaican gimmick. He became a WWE champion. That new day. Like at first, it was like, what the fuck is this? Like everyone thought it was gonna be bad, and they made a career out of it. They made. Yeah. It made a second career for Kofi. Right. I feel like right. Yes. That was like his like I'm a legend kind of. Yeah. I'm like the I'm like the guy the wiser guy in the in the new day. Right. I thought it was great. Yeah. I really I I like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, number twelve. He was an announcer. Yes. But he's all. Yes. Uh, Jerry Lawler. Oh, King. King is in it, Joe. Where are you going? Thankfully, only for 43 seconds. That's sad. Thank you, Cody Rhodes. <sighs> Number 13, Big Zeke, Ezekiel Jackson. The Zeke man. You like him? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. In Lucha Underground. Oh, he was good in that Big Rick. He's dead, right? In Lucha? Yeah, he's the guy but that they only like. in the comics? They like killed him off in the comic book only, you but, say. By the Disciples of Death or whatever? Yeah, and they had to like explain it. He was like, read the Lucha comic. He died. It's <laughs> real. <laughs> It was like in the off season. You remember? Yes. The fact that Lucha had an off season was amazing. Didn't he also get like the cigar in his eye or something? And then he yeah. had the eye But that was like, at that early. point, I thought they, because they had already killed one wrestler in the first season Bale. Bale, right? I thought, you know, that's like a one-time thing, right? It's like, because he died in like a backstage segment. Matanza didn't, ate him or something, yeah, right? They like fed him to Matanza <laughs> and like, just like blood splurted out or some shit. And then he, I was like, oh my God, they killed a wrestler on the show? I had... Joe, to this day, I'm still like, we go. I was always surprised that that just never happened. Like, and I've never. Well, of course it's not going to happen <laughs> yeah, but, in WWE. No, but they why, write people why not off. just like have the, it's a fake thing. Like, why not just have them actually die? Quinn, like, you know what I mean? Some people might find that in poor taste. I They might, but this was like. Lucha Underground, come on. Like, this was just funny. It was There's like a no fu- taste there. It, it was like a slasher film. Like yeah, it's that. not even wrestling. The show was like a slasher <laughs> yeah, film. It's not wrestling. Yeah, it's absolutely not. But I just thought that that was like an amazing, like, risk. And then the fact to kill the next guy off in a comic book. Like, <laughs> I was like, this show, this show's insane. We'll have to talk about it next season, yeah. Quinn. Uh, number 14 was Jinder Mahal, who was still being hindered. You know, this don't, is. Don't hinder that Jinder. Yeah, eventually he was like, please don't hinder me. Mm-hmm. But back then he was hindered. Number 15, one of Quinn's personal favorites, the great Kali. Yes, the great one. You don't mind him. <laughs> I didn't like him when they did the bamboo shoots, like fucking cage thing where I couldn't see. But then when he just was like happy or whatever, yeah. he was the best. Did you say the bamboo shoots I can't see? Yeah, remember they had the special cage the Punjabi thing? Prince. Yeah, it's that. I couldn't see. Like it was they on TV of like it's the Punjabi prison. It's so dangerous, only in India or whatever. <laughs> and then like it happens, and then I'm like, I can't, I can't I, see, I, I can't see. Like is Undertaker winning? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, number sixteen is Unico. Now you might know Unico as the Unico. Uh, member Sin Cara. 
but Mystico version. Was it? Okay, so wait a second. So Sin Cara was <laughs> yes. like, there was like a regular Sin Cara, right? Originally, right? But then they fired the guy who played Sin Cara and then Hunico just disappeared off the face of the earth and became Sin Cara, right? Yes, this that, is correct. This is how this worked. And he was previously Mystico elsewhere, yes. That's like some fucking like um, Doink Friday. Like, Friday, uh, yeah, that's Tiger kind, Mask. Yeah, that kind of crap. <laughs> you probably never thought you'd hear a Friday compared to Tiger Mask. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, OVP. Number 17, also announcer, Booker T. Booker T, Booker T, Booker T, Booker T. You done? Booker T. You done, right? Booker T talking all night. Booker T talking all night. Now are we done? Yeah, okay. Okay. 18 is Dolph Ziggler, best wrestler ever. Yeah. Number 19, look at this quiz. This this is good. I have no issues with this. Now, folks, if you're not following along, who do you think it could be? It could be anyone. Because Quinn is very lenient towards people. Certain people. So, Quinn has no issues with this. It's 2012. Jim Duggan. Hell yes. He's going to win, Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who is number 19? What? There he is! <laughs> the winner of the very first Royal Rumble. I mean, he's won the first one. He's, he's clearly an expert. You always hold that over my head. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, he won the first one. I think I said that at the time when we were watching this together, probably. <laughs> it was like, he won the first one, Joe. He can win. Well, he's in for 56 seconds here. Uh, number 20. Ugh. Now, I understand. Okay that this was a heel gimmick, mm-hmm. but it also ruined the commentary. Yeah, for, for like a year. <laughs> like, and then he just became regular Cole like immediately. Yeah, Michael yeah. Cole. I always thought that was weird how they ended it. Oh, well, he only did because Jerry Lawler had a real life heart attack and he had to like be a professional, remember? That happened this far back? I thought Jerry Lawler only had a heart attack like three years ago. No, it was 12. Oh, it was, wow. Like, later in 12, but yeah. Wow. So anyway, this is Michael Cole during his heel run now, did he do, I guess, what you can call good heel work? Yeah, because he was fucking annoying. Yeah. But to have your lead announcer be a heel was yeah. it's crazy. very it's strange. It's been 10 years since Jerry the King had a heart no, attack. No, weird. And still Almost, go- yeah. he's still going. I saw him on the, the Royal Rumble last week. Yeah, it was great. I'm just saying. Uh, 21. This was odd. Kind of cool, though, because she was a mainstay prior to WWE. Oh, yes. I remember this. Awesome Kong as Karma, Karma if you Karma, the WF version. Yep. She's only in for a minute, and the best wrestler ever, Dolph Ziggler, eliminates her. Number 22, fella, is Seamus. Yeah, Seamus. Still around. Now, you know what's amazing? You just said that Karma got eliminated by Dolph Ziggler. Somehow I forgot already that Dolph Ziggler was in this because he's that pointless. Wasn't he also in the world title match, too? Yeah. Okay. I just work here, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, so 22. Oh, <laughs> good. Seamus, 23. This is good. Another one that Quinn's cool with, Road Dog. One of my Royal Rumble favorites, because like you said, he's the Mr. Fuji of the Royal Rumble. Yeah, they're doing the legend surprises here, but it's fucking Road Dog and Jim Duggan. Yeah, but it's pre-Hall of Famer Road Dog, see? Oh. Remember, he Excuse didn't make the me. big comeback yet with Billy Gunn. Remember when the Outlaws came back? I do. I do. <laughs> Uh, the next guy, 24, I was surprised that he was already here, but then I realized they were around in like 2010 on yeah. the main roster. Mm-hmm. The Usos. Right. Even before Leaky was. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Even before Leaky. Uh, that's Jay Uso. Number 25, Jack Thwagger. This guy's been around. <laughs> but when, when did he debut? 2003? I think like, he's like so old. I want to say 2008. Do you want me to check? I could be wrong, though. I think it was one of those things where it's like, he's an all-American or something, and he's good. Like like his initial, initial thing. It was 2008. Wow. ECW brand. Jeez. He was in developmental for two years before that. He should have been in there longer. This guy but, never made it. Another guy, uh, talented, had some injuries, had some issues. Well, he's Wade still in Barrett. the company. Wade Barrett's great. Yeah. Talented man. 
Bad News Barrett was hilarious for the brief time it existed. They really, they really struck gold with that. And then they were like, let's not do that anymore. <laughs> like, like they always, what? they would always do this. This was a time, there was a time period where they would like, they finally figure a character out and they're like, nah, we don't, <laughs> we don't like success. Like, I never understood that. There was like certain things that like, they were like genuinely organically, like everyone was in agreement, which is very rare for wrestling <laughs> fans, right? That like, he could do this forever. We love it. And they're just like, why don't you just not still into this anymore? Why don't you just, we, I almost wonder if like it cost extra money to bring that big gigantic crane everywhere and they were just like, this is too expensive. Fucking Mark Carano sit down yeah, with them. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> listen, listen, the crane budget, it's so. What in the crane budget, Wade? Yeah, we, we, we have to have an extra truck for that thing. I got to go talk to Nikki Bella now and be yeah. an asshole. Right. Anyway, 27. <laughs> David Atunga. David Atunga. Twenty-eight. Randy Orton still here. He's he'll, still he'll here. Never, he's he'll like never leave. This is like middle career, Randy Orton. I mean, still here now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, never. I like that he has a goatee now, though. <laughs> Remember when he started wearing a vest for a while? I just <laughs> it, when you're <laughs> see. Here's the thing. Randy Orton's another guy. It's like I don't. You know what? Just never leave. He's like, been there twenty. Years. Just fucking never leave. Because he's, you know what the thing is? He looks like a fucking pro wrestler. He's one of the rare people that they have that actually looks like a star. Like, still, like, I hate to break it to them, but they don't make any stars anymore. So this is what happens. It's like Randy Orton's still there 20 years later because he doesn't look like a jobber. Like, he's reliable. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people hate him, find him boring, but he's reliable yeah. as a wrestler. He does you know? things. He, he's a good worker. 29 is Chris Jericho. Come on, baby. Yep. Whatever. And 30... <laughs> Of course, because the big people are 30 and they always win when they're 30. Yeah, this is always a bad idea if you're big. <laughs> right. Big show. Big show. Okay, so in the final four, we've got Randy Orton, who had won in 2009, if you care. Mm -hmm. Chris Jericho, Big Show, and obviously Sheamus. So Big Show and Orton get eliminated. We're down to Chris Jericho Ugh. and Sheamus. <laughs> now, Chris Jericho and Sheamus have one of those, like, uh, is it like a match? Yeah, like, like Undertaker Sean from that one okay. year 07. But this is also like Sheamus. And Chris Jericho in 12. What's interesting is later, I would actually like both of these people. Sheamus really grew on me. Same. Sheamus is one of those weird characters that I didn't realize how much I liked him until he started to become like a veteran. And I'm like, this he's actually pretty this good. This guy's pretty good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why did we just like overlook him? It's like Mark Henry or something, right? Yeah, I agree with you. Like, he's not bad. There's a likability about Seamus. It's like, and you could put the belt on him and it didn't seem weird. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, he's huge. Yeah. Like, he, there's a likability to yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I've always thought. Yeah. But anyway, so it comes down to Jericho and Seamus. They have this little bit of a match. Seamus wins and he goes on to WrestleMania. And uh, defeats Daniel Bryan pretty infamously in 18 seconds. That shit was dumb. For the World Heavyweight title. Yeah. And that will do it for Sheamus. Okay. And the 2012 Royal Rumble. Overall, I don't know. It's very... It's very 2000s. It might be better than 99s in terms of in-ring action. I will forever call it the Nobody Beats the Wiz Royal Rumble based off the cover. Well, there you go. It's very strange. So let's run them down here before uh -huh. we rank it. Number one, 2015. Number two, 2014. Number three, 95. Number four, 93. Number five, 2016, and number six, aw, 1988, should not be there. Wait, breaking news. Breaking, yes. breaking news. Yes. While you were listing all those Royal Rumbles, I found out who the Wiz was. Yes. Because it's actually written on the poster, and I didn't even notice, in like tiny letters, I didn't even notice. Who is it? It's Santino. Why? Well, he's very <laughs> Wiz-like. 
Yeah, I guess he's whiz like. Yeah, that's that's true. There you go. Breaking news, everyone. Thank Breaking you. retro news. <laughs> Thank you very Some much. Some old fucking poster from ten years ago. <laughs> now I know that says the name on it. Well, now that we've settled that mystery, uh-huh. Quinn, when you talk about ninety nine's Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. we mentioned how it was pretty much everyone thought it was going to be Austin, and the whole thread of the Rumble was Austin yeah, Vince. Everyone on Transylvania thought it. All all the internet sites. <laughs> the very smart wrestling people, yeah. and I thought it. The roster is indicative of its time, mm-hmm. you know, late 98, early 99. You mean it sucks? Well, no. I mean, in that, I mean, there's a lot of people you remember, but yeah. this is a period that of time. They're not good wrestlers. Yeah. Well, even if they are, no one cared about the in-ring wrestling in 99. Right. No one. Well, Wait, except the, my excellent. Yeah, but they're, they're, not, they're not who they're catering to right no, now. No. They're catering to the your your friend yeah. in high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, your friend. Your friend, not who, you. Who, who just started watching last week. Right. Like, <laughs> Yo, you see what, when Stone Cold drove the thing? Yeah. That's who they're catering to. Exactly. Look and you how know, big that girl is. And you know what? That's why they made money back Correct. then, and they don't do that anymore. Now, does the wrestling suck looking back? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it doesn't yeah. fucking matter because they're like making money hand over fist. Right. It's very of its time. I've got to say, though, the in-ring of 99 is amongst the worst on this list. It really is. Yeah. Uh, the roster, we ran it down. Is anyone going to win that besides Austin in well, anyone's mind? I'll tell you a couple people. Please have don't say Road Dog. Road Dog. Shut up. Steve Blackman. Um, Shut up! Let me see. X-Pac, not Triple H. X-Pac. <laughs> and Owen Hart. All right. So but, there's but, some oh. chances. Kane in 99? They weren't going that direction, though. I'm just I mean, saying. all signs pointed towards Austin. Now, Austin didn't win. Right. So, to be fair, it was a little bit of a twist. M. Night Shamala. Yeah. Bro. The twist. Okay, so here's the thing. In all seriousness, I'm just joking about those other things. I know. However, the twist, it's not the worst twist. It's it makes not, sense. It's, like, you know what I mean? Yes. And here's the thing again Vince McMahon is a heel. You're not supposed to be happy he won. Right. On the other hand, Vince McMahon is not a wrestler. But he didn't wrestle the whole match, so they did it properly. So they, they so he cheated, right? Obviously. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm always torn about this because on one hand, it's like a super unpopular opinion to say anything about 1999 Royal Rumble was good because Vince McMahon won it, right? That never bothered me. Yeah. What bothered me is watching it is terrible. It's a yeah. terrible viewing experience. I think a lot of people are sour on it, though, because of the fact that it was just, they couldn't understand, at the very least, like, I don't know, have someone else win because McMahon like made all this trouble, right? I think somebody dunks Austin over and Vince goes out also. Like, you know, if you follow the story through McMahon wins, Austin still gets the title shot though. In the end, but he has to remember he has to have St. Valentine's day thing. Yeah. They were building the there. I get it. I, so forget that part of it. The roster is very mid card. Yeah. It's it's really really the roster that keeps it there but at the, the same time it's like ass. okay it's better than 1988 it's worse than i'm sorry it's worse than 1988 <laughs> yeah. yeah i apologize uh, it it's might, worse than 1988 it might be worse than 16 quinn i mean in the ring it is not good we yeah. have to we have to do that you know what i mean yeah you know what it's like by it's like 1995 levels 1995 is a piece of shit joe like as much mm. as i love Shawn michaels and i i love the ending and stuff this is another thing where the the ending to this is interesting at the very yeah, least, I mean, right? It's yes, not, it's yes. actually like it's what it's building to is actually interesting. It's just the whole thing sucks. I think some people would say, you know how like 
this does have stakes, right? Like the yeah. winner gets the title shot. Right. And it's all the more important because Austin got screwed in that tournament. Right. The problem, though, is that this is the first time I can think of where the Royal Rumble is just being used as an accessory rather than mattering. I mean, we're coming off. They just didn't even do any Survivor Series at Survivor Series, which is great, by the way. That was good. Yeah. This just kind of felt like, and I don't mean this in a kayfabe sense, but it just felt like a farce. Like, yeah. This wasn't a real Royal Rumble. Listen. It's a Vince Russo there, Royal Rumble. There was so much heat after the Deadly Game tournament, right? Everyone wanted yeah. Austin to get the belt back. They were like, that was bullshit. Like, they were especially mad because the member, they tricked everyone into thinking The Rock was a face. It was great. Yeah. It was. It was and great. And so, like, people, like, were rabid for Stone Cold to beat the ever-loving shit out of Vince and The Rock and all this shit, right? Going into this thing, it was, like, a storyline, like, canonically, there's only one way for Austin to get a shot when everything's working against him anyway. It's yeah. the Royal Rumble because everyone can get it in the Royal Rumble. And he doesn't. And yeah. then they, he redeems himself. Right. All right. But here's the thing, right? We have, we have to establish the criteria, right? Gut instinct, I think it's still worse than 93. I do too. Okay. So this is what I'm going to say. The roster is more notable than 95. <laughs> Somehow. These are very comparable rosters. Yeah. But the difference with 99s is everyone in 99 with, with like, besides Kurgan and Tiger Ali Singh, uh -huh. like Dan Severn, everyone's kind of relevant. Yes. They're not main eventers, but they're relevant. 1995 has Dick Murdoch in it. Right. And nobody's ever even remembers him. And like 12 tag wrestlers. Yeah. You well, know, doesn't well done in it. Yeah. And the Bushwhackers who yeah, are. Yeah. Okay. Like 99 is better than 1995. I think it's right in the middle here. Right. I think. No, I think 99 is worse, though, than 1995. What? No, hang on. Huh. The roster. The roster is more of its time. But because 1995 is fast. Yeah. Okay. This one also, isn't it 90 seconds or something? No, it's an hour. The whole rumble's still an hour. New entrant came out approximately every 90 care. seconds. It's a rumble it is an hour. I know. The I'm just I'm just pointing it out. It's 20 minutes longer than 95 rumble. Okay. The action in the ring <laughs> in 99 <laughs> when so Vince and Austin aren't in there, which is most of the match. It's what? why are we doing this? Why am I watching this? Joe, Mabel. No, shut up. <laughs> then again, 95. 95, Joe. I don't know, on. Quinn. I can't. I can't in good conscience. You really think 99 is better than 95? Yeah. Because the ending is, is more shocking. Like, Sean winning That's was, was cool. Yeah. Everyone knew Sean was winning. Everyone knew what Sean was winning, but Austin not winning? That really woke I'll everyone the fuck up. Here's the thing, too, is it was early on enough where they hadn't done the thing very often where you could like redeem yourself from the Royal Rumble. Like I didn't even yeah, see it didn't even like seem fucking possible when I was a kid. True. Like the only time it happened was because that shit it like when Austin like fucked up the Royal Rumble in ninety seven and True, they, yeah. they had to have like a finals match or mm -hmm. whatever. Cause Brett threatened to quit and all this shit. That was the only time like the ending got a little in interrupted. Yeah. yeah. You know uh, what I mean? And, uh, and still Gorilla declared Austin the winner. Remember. Yeah, I know. All right. You know what? I, I'll i go with you. I probably could find reasons in my mind to put 99 higher, but I'll go with you. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll leave it. Maybe it's one of those picks that once we watch the 95 Rumble again, maybe <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be like, like oh, oh, wow, it's actually pretty okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't think so. You never know, right? Coming next month to Patreon. Rick Martell. Rick Martell. He's back, baby. Crush. Yeah. Uh, at, all right. So we're going to put 99. Yeah. We're going to leave it at number uh, four. Yeah. Right below 95, right above 93. You got it. Okay. 2012, ah, 
You know, you know what I honestly think about 12? Mm-hmm. It's the only one that should be above it, like better than it is 88. I think it's better than 16, 93, 99, 95, 40. I really do. I, I think it's like inoffensive. Yeah. I really like, do. It's just whatever. I could give a shit about the time period. Yeah. To be fair, like I don't care about that era. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about Seamus then or anything. But if you just look at it. We didn't what, appreciate Seamus then. Very that's, good point. That's the issue. Right. But if you look at what it is, it's okay. It exists. It's not like six, eh, yeah. 16. There's going to be people that, you know, my old catchphrase, fuck everything after 2001 or yeah, whatever. But that's not, that's not that's what we're not doing. Fair. See, here's the thing is 2012 is just like a form formulaic. Is that how you say it? formulaic formulaic Royal Rumble? You know, that big arena Royal Rumble. And then like, it's like, oh, remember the Royal Rumble? Let's show the thing where Sean's foot touched that time. And like, <laughs> it's so special. Everyone loves the Royal right. Rumble. But they, this is also during the time where they had fucked up the Royal Rumble yet either. This is true. You know what I mean? This is true. And, and honestly, they kind of knew what they were doing. They they had all their little spots and, you know, the guys yeah. won and the things happened. And then, <laughs> then like, you know what I mean? Like, no, it, I know. It just kind of exists. It's really not that bad from what I remember. Yeah, I don't remember it being, I wasn't like angry afterwards. Right. 16, pretty bad. 93, we watched it. It's bad. Yeah. 99, bad. 95 is bad. 14, bad. 15, horrible. Yeah, fucking hideous. 88's fine, but I feel like 2012 fits like right into it. It's, I agree. It, that's a good, I think fine. that's a good spot. Okay. I agree with it. Folks, let us know. Maybe we're completely missing something about 2012. And again, feel free to let us know. We really don't mind. Just tell us why, you know, that'd be They might nice. just be mad about that fucking Michael Cole shit. Might, yeah, or that Seamus won. But yeah. anyway, folks, at number one here for week number four, 2015, number two, 14. 395, 4, 1999, 593, 6, 2016, 7, 2012, and 8, 1988. That's our Royal Flesh. Let us know yours. Do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email. Join the group. When we come back, the UWF. Back after this. On June 9th, two men will enter the squared circle. They will both be ready. They will both be at the top of their game. But only one will walk away a champion. Live on pay-per-view, the Universal Wrestling Federation crowns the Sports Channel television champion at Beach Brawl. For just $14.95, see wrestling great Steve Dr. Death Williams, Paul Mr. Wonderful Orndorff, Van Van Bigelow, Don the Rock Morocco, the Brian Blair, Cowboy Bob Orton, the unpredictable Cactus Jack, Steve the Wild Thing Ray, plus a ladies' championship match. This event will be hosted by wrestling's living legend, Bruno San Martino. Live from Florida and exclusively on pay-per-view, the Universal Wrestling Federation presents Beach Brawl, June 9th at 7 p.m. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And 
welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode 258, and Quinn, we're reviewing something. We are. Now, this this requires some attention. some Patience. Sp- some, some patience. I'm yes. speaking about here. This is the Universal Wrestling Federation, not, not <laughs> the Bill Watts version. Yeah, which is an important detail. A version that Herb Abrams was the purveyor of from 1990 until 1996. We've reviewed it before mm-hmm. as I open a beverage, which is necessary. You're going to need it. Now, in all seriousness, and this is um, actually being serious. Look at me being serious. This was requested by Gino Cuddy, who has been a longtime fan of OVP, who has gotten uh, a lot of enjoyment out of our show. Yes. And I know that, and I, I mean that I'm not being funny. That's what we're here to do. That's what we hope that we do, right? Mm-hmm. Now, with the UWF, it means a lot to him. And we've reviewed this show only four other times. And there's a reason in the five plus years we've been doing this that we've only reviewed the UWF four times. And the main reason for that is I don't like watching it. Yes. That's just the truth. And no one else requests it. But we did review it. And at first, the first time, we were like, you know what? This wasn't that bad. This is not as bad as it sounds it would be. No. No. Uh, and then for episode 59, we banned it. We are never doing UWF again. UWF banned. Officially. I can't do must, this again. This has to be the first show, the first promotion we have banned. But we brought it back from the banning almost a year later. And the rare. We banned it again. <laughs> we double banned it. This is UWF Fury Hour. Yes, just to clarify, we did ban this promotion before. We did. However, I'm resuscitating it. I don't know why. I don't well, we brought it back one more time about two and a, two-ish years ago, maybe not even. Then um, we have not reviewed it since. Quinn, what'd you think? Sissy, how the hell did this get made? <laughs> I think you really do have to tell like what even for, well, for, briefly. The, for the people coming on board here, right? They, they're like, why are these guys going into this big history of like, why are they even reviewing it? It's like horrible. Okay, here's the deal. The cursory look at this is, well, it's Herb Abrams and he's known as a crazy guy from New York that had a promotion and he got all these people and he was very hyper and all these things and he had a roster and he didn't pay people and he eventually died in 1996. There's a lot of stigmas about him. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rumor and innuendo about him. Of uh, there was even a dark side of the ring about him. There was. However, there is one man that really cares about the legacy of Herb Abrams mm-hmm. and that's not a bad thing. It I'm, isn't. I am not putting that down. And that really cares about the legacy of the UWF and he also happens to be an OVP fan and his name is Gino Cuddy. And Gino Quinn wrote a very nice letter, mm-hmm. and honestly, it would probably take me a long time to read it, and I did read it, I read it thoroughly, Quinn has it, Quinn read it, mm-hmm. but I can't read the whole thing on air, Gino, but the bottom line with why Gino is so protective of Herb Abrams' legacy is because he saw more than just the sensationalized dark side of the ring, right, oh, right. ha-ha, cocaine, right? Yeah. Gino liked the bombast and the flash of the UWF. And, and there's a lot of points he made that I agree with. Right. In terms of the, the flashy colors and, the, and that Herb took chances and he brought in, and we've said this before, Quinn, impressive roster with Paul Orndorff, Bob Backlund, Don Morocco, mm-hmm. Bob Orton. There's people. There's he, tons of people. I, I always said that was the most impressive part of it. Right. And Gino, it's probably more than any other fan we have. Gino Cuddy really has an affinity and a real earnest affection for Herb Abrams' legacy and the UWF. So when I say that I'm not being facetious, 
Mm-hmm. Gino also says in his letter that he understands that our show is humorous. Yes. And we're honest. And we also, we're just watching the show. We're saying what we think. And then we're moving on with our lives. Yeah. So <laughs> don't take it to heart. It, okay. It's just, it, we're just having fun here. Well, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. If yeah. I think something is bad, I'm just going to say it. But Gino, again, I'm sorry that I can't read your whole thing on the air. It just would take a lot of time. But I did read it all, and it's very heartfelt, and I really do applaud you for that. Mm-hmm. With that said, Quinn, this is the UWF Fury Hour, number 30. Uh, this aired May 27th, 1991. Again, I'm surprised. I thought we were banning this. But, <laughs> well, okay. But we care about our fans, right? right. We do. Mm-hmm. We really do. And we don't take any of you for granted. So, Gino, this one's for you. And you know, Quinn, if there's one show I love, it's UWF. <laughs> Feet. Fists and Fury, Jeff. Fuck. Yeah. What is that? I don't get what the feet is about. That's, mm, uh, I'm not going to say it? anything. Uh, I think that's a sports channel slogan for oh, like, because the Fury is the UWF, but there's feet and they, kickboxing. They K- oh, right. And the fists and kick or boxing. Oh, I see. Anyway, we get the standard UWF intro. You know the deal, Michael. The logo is shown with wrestlers like poorly faded in. <laughs> yeah, like they're like, not, the fade button's like on too much fade. You notice this? Like I, I on the video toaster. I couldn't even like see them. Yeah. <laughs> the song's good though. Yeah. And in the intro here we got Cactus Jack, like we were saying, good roster, Paul Orndorff, Bam Bam Bigelow, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, Terry Gordy, the ace of comedy himself, Bob yeah, Orman. He's here. Yep, the funny man. Herb then does his Vince McMahon yell. And we see shots, I actually like this, of New York, including the Empire State Building, the Statue of Liberty, a bus, and Herb (laughs) Herb says, this is the Fury Hour! Oh, okay. That's what it is. Yeah. Nice shot of Battery Park as we cut to Herb in like a fucking used electronic store. I thought this was his office. (laughs) And he's just like, can you bring in TVs over here? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, he's just flanked by a bunch of used TVs of varying sizes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another UWF Fury Hour here on Sports Channel America. But don't worry, Craig and Bruno are going to be with us soon. Why? (laughs) Apparently, Herb really loved Bruno, right? Gino said that in his letter. Every time I think of Craig, I think of the the cricket noises. (laughs) Oh, with Oliver Humperdinck? Yeah, that shit, that Japanese, like, weird, like, the fake crowd or whatever (laughs) that was. It was like ping pong or something. Uh, but first, Quinn, this is serious. We got to discuss the upcoming Beach Brawl pay-per-view. Do we now? That's right. Herb Abrams. Well, that means we don't have to hear about it later, right? Oh, no. Okay. Now, Herb Abrams, folks, we've said this before. We admire certain things about him. And Gina, maybe you've missed us say that. We we have always said, like, it's impressive how Herb got this roster, did this show, got this deal, got on pay-per-view. Yeah. Before Paul Heyman could do <laughs> yeah. it. Paul Heyman took a lot longer. We've always said, like, this guy cared about what he was doing. Mm-hmm. One of the things Gino said in his letter is that Herb loved wrestling. And yeah, it's clear he yeah. loved doing this. But tonight, Quinn, Herb says, we've got decisions to make. And then he runs down the lineup. No spoilers. I can't say, but I'll admit the lineup is impressive considering the promotion. Yes, it is. Like, again, <laughs> that's considering we always... where we are here. Yeah. So we now plug a Beach Brawl again. Uh, and this is a long one. Just so you know, it's at the Manatee Convention Center in Palmetto, Florida, and we scroll through <laughs> various Ticketmaster numbers in Florida, which was kind of charming. It's like, if you're in Northern Florida, it's this number. If you're in Central Florida, it's, it's this number. It's very nice 70s music underneath. <laughs> yeah, it's good. UW fans in Central Florida have a short ride for the June 9th Beach Ball. This is your ticket. To ringside now, where Terry Gordy is introduced. In pants. <laughs> 
Why? I don't know. Why does he have pants on? I don't on? know. It's cold in there. I've never seen Terry Gordy in pants. <laughs> I don't often see that. So Gordy enters the ring, grabs the mic, and he calls out Don Morocco. What? Yeah. So we got Greg DeGeorge here and Bruno on the calls. Mm-hmm. Morocco storms out wearing like a belly shirt. It's real, Quinn. It's amazing. It's like a pink belly shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a bell and some brawling in the corner. Morocco has jogging shorts on, by the way. Yeah, so I guess, what is this supposed to be like a hardcore match or something? Because, like, why are they, like, you know, they're kind of obviously being like, it's a street fight, you know, with the clothes. It's like a grudge match, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they don't like each other. Right. Uh, referee goes down in the midst of the brawl. And by the way, the referee is Dick Kroll. <laughs> Making his way. Again, how does Herb get <laughs> these people? I don't even. Dick Kroll and ref for years. I know. I love this. He was done with refing. He was still, I think he was still a garden ref sometimes for WBF ah, occasionally. Okay. Anyway, Gordy tosses him again, and then we get a bell. Already? Already. So Morocco and Gordy brawl to the floor and through the chairs. I can see carpet, Joe. <laughs> not the ceiling. What, what are we, what, but, not the ceiling, carpet. What are Andrew? we, in a casino? Yeah. <laughs> like, We're actually at the Pennsylvania Hotel. Okay. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That's Manhattan, folks. Uh, more brawling here as we get ready for beach brawl. Bruno and Craig inform us that that was a double DQ, oh, which... Okay. Didn't Gordy throw Dick Kroll down? It doesn't matter. <laughs> they both didn't. They both touch him. Maybe they did. Yeah. yeah. But shouldn't the first guy to do it? I be- know. A double DQ never unless they hit him at the same, same time. time. Right. Yeah. Anyway, UWF sucks. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we now smash cut to Luna Vachon and the Blackhearts, not to be confused with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Who are and these black? I'm sorry, I don't give a damn about my reputation. Who are hooded druids, uh, and one of these druids in a Michael Myers mask is Gangrel, the vampire warrior. Yes, David yes, Heath, him, her future husband. Copyright White Wolf Productions. You nailed it. She says, uh, I don't know, literally whatever the hell Luna says before She's fading away. Like, witch like, <laughs> she's like a witch now. The whole world before you now is your worst nightmare. John Tolos. And the Power Twins now cut in to say that they're number one Ugh. and everyone else is number two. And I got to admit one thing, and Gino said this too, this is better than Coach, John Tolos, right? That's true. It is. And I'll also admit something. The Power Twins stink. They are terrible. <laughs> right? <laughs> they're like two like middle-aged men <laughs> that are fat. They just happen to be twins. They should be doing the, the Bears. They should be doing that. Anyway, we'll plug Beach Brawl again. And we're going to find out, Quinn, at Beach Brawl, the Sports Channel TV champion. Got to give Herbie credit there, though, for that shit. Nice sponsorship. Serious. Yeah. To commercial, which we won't review, except we need to mention one of them, Quinn. I I needed to bring this up to you. The Ken Burns Civil War (laughs) documentary infomercial, where we are told it's the lonesome dove of documentaries. (laughs) I couldn't believe that line. It's the lonesome dove of documentaries. I thought this ad was a fake when it said that. I thought it was like a parody or something, right? Because I was like, they would, this was like a serious, you know, PBS put a lot of money into right. this thing. Like it was like, and it was a big deal and they yes. sold it for years and they're going to try to sell it to prospective people as it's the lonesome dove of documentaries. What? You know, I like, would have fought against the Confederacy. Yeah. Anyway, we get the same t- Power Twins Black Hearts promo again. Yeah, it was like repeat. Why do they do that? I don't know. Uh, before we cut to a bumper for Captain Lou's hotline, you can call him. You can talk to him every Thursday from 6 to 7 yeah, Eastern time. Only on Thursday. <laughs> it's not pre-recorded, which is a, kind of an insane thing for a hotline. Imagine- Could you imagine fucking Lou sitting by the phone? I guess they, they, they must have not gotten much calls anyway, but 
Who's calling that? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I'm I know, sorry, I, but, but it's UWF. I know. <laughs> anyway, you can call one nine hundred Lou for you. That's very good. Uh, and then more beach ball promos. By the way, I'm getting a bad feeling about if this show is just here to sell tickets via ads. I know, the right? Through there's a lot. So ten minutes in, we've had thirty seconds of wrestling. What is this ECW? It's normal for them. We're back now. Where Colonel Dubbeers is with Mister Black. In an empty room uh, with bad acoustics. This, See, I'm not making that up. The room sounds like shit. This was. This oh, is, I know. All of this is bad. Well, here's the deal, right? Colonel De Beers, if you're not familiar with him, it's like an apartheid thing, and yeah. he's a white South African, allegedly. Except he's this fucking guy cuts a promo. He sounds like he's from Missouri. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Why did he never bother with the accent is my main problem. I just don't know why he continued with the gimmick. <laughs> it's like, not good. It's not Trust good. Me. It's, it's like, here's the thing is like, some people might say, well, of course he, for, for heat, he's so like that. Nobody thinks what he's doing is good. Agreed. I know, I know that. Agreed. But, but at a certain point, it's like, who, like, stop. Like nobody even wants to see this anymore. He's been doing this since like the mid eighties. Yeah. He basically goes like all DiBiase Virgil on this with Mr. Black, except it's a lot worse. The point they're trying to make yeah. is that he's a racist. Mm-hmm. Um, two ringside now where uh, De Beers is in the ring getting his shoes shined by Mr. Black. <sighs> Craig <laughs> calls De Beers the racist from South Africa. Well, at least they're saying it like openly now. Here's the racist from South Africa. He attacks Soul Train Phillips, who's making his debut. From behind, goes to work with crummy Tavern Brawl punches here. <laughs> tavern Brawl. Tavern Brawl. Uh, Soul Train fires back with a jumping headbutt and a headbutt to send De Beers to the floor. Uh, Craig says that he and Bruno are high above the action, which likely means they're in some studio in fucking Ozone Park. De Beers hits uh, Phillips with the chair as referee Mr. Trigger tells him to stop. <laughs> hey, how about a DQ, maybe, yeah, when you see him hit? <laughs> that was weird. Literally, like, no one cared about even the fans didn't care. Everyone's like, what? Like- <laughs> uh, anyway, Bruno rambles on about oh, He's got to use these tactics as Phillips gets back in and gets punched again. As the crowd goes back to sleep. <laughs> so bad. Awful knee by De Beers. It's like the worst thing. All like of it. everything. The gimmick sucks. The, the, the wrestling sucks. The look sucks. The, all of- the, the matches suck. Everything is just over the... It's, it's just like way in your face, but like right. in like a very rude, like I don't want... Like, I feel uncomfortable here. Like, I don't want to watch this. And you and I, Quinn, we said we'd be fair to this show for Gino's sake, right? Like, we would. There's no defending Colonel well, De Beers. look, just watching him in the ring, he has unconvincing offense, a terrible look. He moves poorly and awkwardly. Mm-hmm. He's just not a good wrestler. Thus, this is not good. Even in 83 canon, yes. they didn't like him. They Purple just, like, Prince got, or whatever rid, it was. got rid of his ass in fucking three weeks. Purple Panda, what was yeah, his name? I don't know, the Prince of Sweden. Or, I don't know what he was, but he was awful. I know. And he was gone, like, right away. Good. Somehow, Phillips hits a leg drop for two, but De Beers sends Phillips onto the ref on the kickout. De Beers then steals the referee's belt and whips Phillips with Are it. Are we serious right now? Just stop. I'm serious. Like, ugh. And then we cut to a bunch of fans, like, genuflecting and bowing. Now, okay. I don't know what that is. I want, first of all, I want to make a comment about this, because... This clip, whatever that is with the fans bowing. It's like a loop. They've shown it. They show it multiple times. I'm pretty sure they've shown it in other shows than we've seen. <laughs> Why are they like, showing it? I think is that's... Is it to edit shit out? I think it's either... Yeah, it's either to edit something that, like, the crowd, like, was probably, like, shitting all over this. Right. Or they want to make it seem like people 
like wrestling or something like, or like the uwf and they just this is like their go-to like this is like their laugh track clip maybe it's like look they're they're liking it maybe you know what i mean horrible horrible <laughs> this part right here if they cut it out of the show i would have been you know i might have actually liked the show better <laughs> yeah it was, I know. It was awful so De Beers now hangs Phillips from the top rope using the belt. God, this stinks. In case you're wondering, folks, because, you know, he's a heel, right? So he's, mm -hmm. if this has drawn any heat, no, it has not drawn any heat. That's what makes it more right. like fucking this aggressively bad. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. The crowd's been like a Which quiet Which is sad, mumble. by the way. Yeah, I like, know. You know what I mean? But like, that just, everything about this is a cluster. There's no way these are paid people, right? Isn't this free? No people way. didn't pay to go to this is what I'm asking, right? Oh, to this? That's what I'm saying. Oh, I don't know. I'm There's saying no way people paid in the Pennsylvania hotel to go to this. They probably just wander in, right? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they have tickets. What? I'm just speculating here. Anyway, De Beers with a DDT on the floor. The bell rings and Finally. guess what? Guess what, Quinn? Soul Train Phillips wins by DQ. Good. Good. Literally no one cares, though. Now, Bruno asks, uh, was he disqualified? As we fade away with Bruno still talking. <laughs> so De Beers was disqualified. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I love Herb's editing. God, I do. That, <laughs> that whole last segment, I, I just, it really bugged me. I know. It was just shit. It was bad. Uh, Herb now narrates a promo for Friday the 7th in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, we get a nice view of the outside of the Pennsylvania Hotel on 7th and West 33rd as Herb does a promo for the hotel. Does the hotel need this? Is this maybe this is how the show's free? Yeah, maybe, right? It's like sponsorship. We'll we'll let you be in the hotel if you talk about it. Reminded me of the opening of Home Alone 2. Yeah. It's like winners of the ding dang dong or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Say the Plaza Hotel. Credit card, you got it. We now come to a commercial for <laughs> UWF power products. Ew. It's like Ica Pro, basically, right? It is. Yeah. Before Ica Pro, the yeah. man was a fucking pioneer. It's a good idea, pal. Herb says power sauce. <laughs> which is like the best thing I've ever heard in power, power sauce. Power sauce. You know what the best part about this commercial? It's all these like skinny people. It's like Steve Ray and yeah. shit. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, because you know what? Actually, that's a good idea. No, it is. That's actually like. That's who you should show. Not fucking all guys who are already on the power sauce. Like power sauce. <laughs> so anyway, if you want to buy this Ajna-inducing potion, call 213-822-4187. We now get another beach brawl promo, which is commercials. <laughs> How many fucking commercials? Very serious by Herb in this one. By the way, Quinn, we're going to find out the Sports Channel TV champion for just fourteen ninety five. Yeah, we know. You told us already three times. We now get a promo for the UWF Power Line. That is one. That's different from the Four Lou, yes. right? It's one nine hundred four twenty. Incidentally enough, come on for UWF. That has to be on purpose. I hope so. Some jerk. I don't know. I think it's Steve Ray. He says to call now. When are the matches? I don't know, Quinn. We now get regular commercials uh, before coming back to Steve Ray. Hey, there he is. He's entering the oh, ring. Oh, hi. And you guessed it. He enters to Wild Thing. Wow. Yeah. Very, very inventive. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I, I get one of the things Gino said in his letter was uh, that Herb used licensed music, which is cool. I mean, he wasn't the first, obviously. Mm -hmm. Bill they Watts did that in did WF. It. WWF did it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, before they realized, oh, shit, we can't sell this. <laughs> right, uh, but it's a great thing to. I, I like licensed music. ECW went on and do that. That's not a bad thing. Oh, it's great. Uh, his opponent, Ray's opponent, entering to bad to the bone is Doctor Death, Steve Williams. Yeah, my bar, <laughs> Jr's bar. Hey, I, I gotta say this, Quinn. 
That's an actual star in his actual prime still. I got to say this. I never understood the appeal of this guy. Really? Like, sure, he's a badass. I just don't give a shit. Sorry. Like, he, there's no pizzazz about him. I just don't. And I get it. It's like, oh, wow. He's such a, he doesn't have to fucking do he's any. All steak, no sizzle. He doesn't need to sizzle. Yeah, you know. My what? God, he doesn't need to sizzle. He here's wants a, a skewel. Here's the thing with Dr. Death, right? Skewel. Like his, he has the character of, in a weird way, like a Steve Austin, right? Like no nonsense, right? They have the he's same got, real name too. He's got no fucking Steve Austin has like appeal because he just talks back in their face. This guy doesn't say anything. That's the point is he doesn't need to. He, sometimes he yells occasionally and, and I don't he's know. boring. You know I never f- got it. And this is, this is not a UWF thing. This is a Steve Williams everywhere thing. You know what it is, Quinn? But, I think our age and what we watched wasn't his best work pretty much like either Mid-South or All-Japan? Yeah, I guess. I, but I just don't think we've seen enough of him to appreciate him in his true element. I guess. This I, is not his element. No. <laughs> this is not anyone's element. I, all I see with him every time, though, like the, the I guess the way he was portrayed to me always was, is he hurts people. Anyway, Herb is seen ringside being Herb, not Burger King Herb. I'm talking about Herb Abrams. Mm-hmm. Bruno calls Craig Greg also, by the way. No <laughs> one cares what the guy's name is. <laughs> I remember you from the uh, the Matilda thing. Your name's Greg, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir, Mr. San Martino. Yeah. Uh, referee is Dick Kroll again. The lighting is very dubious on the hard cam, by the way. It I is. Gotta say. Um, we get a bell, lock up, side headlock, takeover by death, flip out by Ray. Both men up, circle, side headlock, takeover by Ray, head scissors by death. Waist lock by Doc, uh, takedown, both men are back up. Can we just get on with it? <laughs> you like, don't want to see a wrestling match, no, do you? Not on uh, this. <laughs> lock up, Doc backs away into the corner. Craig, meanwhile, backs away from his mic and he sounds like he's in the pantry <laughs> getting raisins. Uh, Ray with some kicks in the corner as Bruno calls Craig Greg again. <laughs> Death with a clothesline out of the corner and a takedown. Back up quarter Nelson by Doc. Ray with an Irish whip drop kick misses, but Ray sends Doc to the outside. Ray then heads to the top, dive to the floor. He actually almost overshot it, but Dr. Death saved his ass. I flung him right onto the carpet. <laughs> Hi, Andrew Rogers. Yeah. Williams rams Ray into the post, which is nicely done. Back inside, Doc hammers away. Irish whip head down. Ray slams him down. The crowd noise, I just need to mention, I don't mean the the physical crowd's reaction, but the audio track of the crowd noise mm. is significantly reduced for this match versus the last one. Maybe because they realize as they were doing the show, like editing it, yeah. like, oh, no one's reacting. Uh, Turn them down. Uh, he ran him in. I beg your pardon. That was the steel post, Bruno San Martino, and he no, really hit him hard. But after he threw him against the steel post, he hung on to him and slammed him on a hard floor. Ray's all the way up top again. Flying crossbody is caught. And a sloppy, horrible overhead belly-to-belly suplex by Williams. Shitty. Dangerous this, looking. This guy, I, I'll never get it. I, maybe I'll just never get it. That's I don't, okay. You don't have to. I mean, hey, anyone on the group should not be making fun of you for that. No yeah. dunderhead. Yeah, that's true. You know? I, you know? You're being honest. You're not, like, attacking him. He's just him. a guy that never really... Yeah. I never got it. Why it's more baffling to me is because, like, I got it with Steve Blackman and Ken Shamrock and that kind of thing. Because they're of your time. No, but it was just, I think it was just, they seem to have, like, something. I think if JR hypes someone too much, I immediately hate them. Yeah, me too. That was another <laughs> thing. He's like, my boy, my boy. And then, and like, it, same thing with Philip. And then it, when it fucking... Furnace what, and Philip. Furnace and Philip hated shit. them, too. And then when, didn't Dr. Death get knocked out in that thing? Yeah. Like, for all, and then I was like, why is this guy even here? Like, like, I think JR, if he hypes you too much, yeah. fuck you. Yeah, the, the, I think kids my age... 
he made us like not like him. Like, like Billy Gunn, best pure athlete. Like shut the yeah. fuck up. The Sorry, Billy Gunn. Fact. The thing is with Billy Gunn is that there was like before that I sort of liked Billy Gunn anyway. Right. So I, I wasn't. Jr. didn't sabotage it all the way with me there, but like fucking Doctor Death. Doctor Death didn't even like do anything. And Jr.'s like, you're the best pure Ashley in the world, and I'm like, who the fuck is he? Where's when Stone Cold coming on? You know what I mean? Anyway, it's woo. true though. No, you're right. You're yeah. right. So Steve Ray wanders out to Herb apparently, and Herb suddenly is in the ring all sweaty. <laughs> yeah, but this the, what. <laughs> This is amazing. Herb's like in a doctor's coat for some reason. No, he's not. And yes, he is. And Herb as a doctor is the equivalent as Mario as a doctor. Like, I mean, it's like, it's just, I mean, what, what is this? He did. He definitely like came in there and pretended to be the doctor. No, he didn't. Because he just figured nobody's going to know who he is anyway. I think he's just wearing a white coat. <laughs> he's wearing a white coat. There you go. He's a doctor. If Gorilla was there, he'd say the Nets are coming with him. It was a long white coat, too. I'm sorry. Maybe he stole it from Rite Aid. <laughs> uh, Ray is all pissy as Kroll tries to keep him at bay. Apparently, uh, Steve Ray is bleeding. We don't see it. Now, Gino said some stuff about this, and folks, you can look this up, or Gino will post it on the group, I'm sure. There was some incident here where there's a lot of rumor, rumor and innuendo where, like, they had a real fight. Williams got pissed at Steve Ray. There's stories about someone's sister. Oh, just the more reason to keep Dr. Death around. <laughs> but I don't want to get into any of it. Yeah. I'll let you guys talk about it, or I'll let Gino Just sounds like a headache, about honestly. It. It, it is. So, anyway, Ray offers a handshake. Dr. Death accepts, and a few people clap. Very nice. Beach Brawl promo again. Gotta sell more pay-per-view tickets. That's it, man. Next, Do they even sell out the arena? There was uh, 550 people there, oh, so, so I, I doubt guess, it. no. Next, we see a phone ringing and some hand picks it up. And on the line, on the other end, this <laughs> Bruno. Hey, this, you gotta call my legend line. How many lines did this company have? That's a loaded question, yeah. Quinn. Uh, it's 1 900 hot Bruno. Are they serious with that? Really? 1 800 hot Bruno? Are you kidding me? Awful. Hot Bruno. Hot Bruno. Nobody calls him Hot Bruno. Power sauce. Yeah, power sauce. <laughs> power sauce. Cut to a promo for the Power Shack gym. <laughs> yeah, just what I want to shack. Uh, uh, Don- from the power sauce to the Power Shack. <laughs> well, you, you drink the Power Sauce and the Power Shack. And you eat you a power, power snack line. with it. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Smoke some power crack. <laughs> anyway, Don Morocco looks all bored in a big sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, Steve Ray wears a hideous hat. Anyway, you can get the Power Shack shirt maybe if, if you, you want, want to yeah. it's only 15 dollars. how much shilling though I seriously but it makes me love herb you know what i mean listen the uh, hustle listen i'll give look, i love this, it i'm not gonna i'm never gonna doubt this herb worked his ass off i swear i'm I not mean gonna it. fucking Gino, shit we on mean that. It. yeah that, no he absolutely did it's just this shit is fucking desperate at this point i mean come on man who wants a power shack shirt nobody seriously who's they sell seven they're like collector's items because nobody bought them. Who was watching this in 1991? Yeah, I didn't even I know it was phone? on. I watched fucking everything on TV back then. I was always flipping. How did I never run into this? It was in New York. Sports Channel, yeah. yeah. I anyway, don't know. We also have to mention this promo. This Not, is amazing. Yeah, this is just a commercial. This is actually good. For Mad Dog Live. Yes. So Chris Russo reading a paper with his mom and he's <laughs> pissed about sports. It's hey, just like the show. Hey, my buddy is doing the sports over here. And it's just 
I'm gonna dump it in, but it's Chris Russo, the Mad Dog of Mike and the Mad Dog, by himself. When did I don't, I don't ever remember hearing anything about this in the Mike and Mad Dog canon? No, he and like, you know, the dog had his own show once you know, on TV. Dog, why do you have your own show? You don't want me on the show. Oh, Mike, the Sports Channel. They, they, pay, asked me they to paid do, me. They paid me to do it. I did the show. Uh, wait a second. Wait a second. You don't want me to do it? <laughs> anyway. Isn't always better when we're together? You know, I'm a bigger star than you. I, I knew all the things before. You knew the sports. Brent Musburger. Anyway, we now get a promo from funny man Bob Orvin, and, and he's here to plug uh, Beach what do, Brawl. What do you think he's here to plug? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking everyone's here to plug. To the ring, where the power twins are on the power sauce, coming from the power shack. And this is called the power line. They're with John Tolos. His opponent is... Um, it's one of the power trends. We don't know which, but his opponent is B. Brian Blair, who enters the ring on his killer B bullshit. Brian Blair still here. Still here. Yeah. Uh, referee Dick Kroll. Bruno points out very astutely how the power twins are identical. They can switch at any time, Greg. I could have seen that coming from a mile away. <laughs> they they didn't even save, like, Greg. Yeah, like, the, the whole thing. The, the minute they come out, they're in a singles match. I'm like, yeah, this is this. <laughs> yeah, is this. Right. Like, yeah. But then Greg here rightfully points out uh, the irony that the killer bees used to do that all the time. That's true. <laughs> the, the and then, you know what the funny part is? Is Craig was around for that. Yes. <laughs> and you know what else he was around for? Matilda. Matilda. Bruno has no fucking idea which one uh, Blair is wrestling. I don't either. And guess what? If Bruno, the guy getting paid to announce this, doesn't care, neither do I. Craig starts talking about jeans and the Power Twins' parents and bald spots. It was amusing. It was. <laughs> the one thing Craig did say that made me laugh, he's like, even the bald spot is in the same exact <laughs> spot. Good. Like, look at the detail. Look at it. Uh, literally, though, no one in the hotel cares. I didn't care. But seriously, these people probably wandered in expecting, like, a continental breakfast and they have fucking Larry Powers in a match. They probably actually are just waiting for something. <laughs> like, they're like... Oh, my, the bus? You know, I saw the girl back there. I'm like, oh, she must be waiting for a boyfriend. Maybe she came to the city for the weekend. After this is a how to make money seminar. Yeah. Power Man 5000 over here poses to start. <laughs> Circle lockup. Blair does something. Powers falls. I like that two of the guys in this match, Quinn, are in the 1984 canon. Brian Blair and Dick Kroll. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was like, what's the other wrestler? And then, oh, Dick Kroll. Dick Kroll. Uh, Wasteland by Blair is a waste of time as Powers makes the ropes. Bruno, <laughs> nice behind. <laughs> hey, nice behind. Lock up again and literally nothing is happening here. Test of strength as the fans who haven't cared, now they're chanting boring. Hey, come on. <laughs> like Even they know. Oh my goodness. Blair's somehow winning this test of strength against a power twin, but Powers Powers uh, with a boot to send him down. Power sauce. The announcers now very unenthusiastically plug Beach Brawl. <laughs> Blair reverses the Greco. Oh, Beach Brawl coming up. Yeah, it's going to be happening. It Greg. sucks. You're going to have a, what happens at this one? I don't remember. Uh, the Power Twins make the switch without Dick seeing because John Tolos distracted him with, I don't know, a fake Rolex or something. Yeah, by the way, how did they get Dick Kroll for this? <laughs> like, I, I This is when it hit me. I was like, how the hell did they even hire him? A very reputable I didn't even man. notice him at first. I know, right? He's like a little fatter. Like, a little bit, know. yeah. A little older, just... a little fatter. Uh, we see crowd shots for no conceivable reason until we go back to Marvin Powers or whoever's in the ring. <laughs> Blair kicks him anyway, lands a body slam. Power twins more like poor twins. They switch again for no reason. The other one does barely Listen, anything. I just got to say, I can't take it anymore. These fucking power twins are horrible, Joe. They're fucking terrible. They really are. They, this, There's no excuses here. I'm sorry. Like, this is... Listen. I know Gina loves this UWF, but like 
this shit's fucking terrible. It shouldn't even be on my television, right? The worst part about it is just B. Brian Blair is fucking by himself. <laughs> and these fatzos can't do dick to him. They're awful. <laughs> Their switch out doesn't work. Really. It doesn't work on him because you know what? With kayfabe power, which is always in effect, by the way, they, they're nothing. They're nothing. And you know what? That's, that's saying a lot, too, because B. Brian Blair was like, lower mid yeah. like tops yeah these guys are fucking buffoons <laughs> to compare to him we've seen them before too you yeah. remember them right yeah i remember them okay Just awful <laughs> fucking terrible quarter whip by power uh blair avoids no one cares left hands by blair irish whip powers falls out of the ring and i have no idea if that was planned or not i don't care I either think it wasn't that's the worst part George napolitano is seen ringside even bill after won't show up for this shit oh damn my readers don't want this. Blair just kicking everyone's ass, by the way, like Quinn said. Yeah. He lands the scorpion I know, hold. I don't know why he's like, this is insane. He's like, it's like easy. too. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's not even like trying. And he's like 40. Yeah. Uh, we, she, we see shots of the fans bowing again. That shot. It's remember the same shot. Why do they do that? I swear Herb's just pushing buttons in the <laughs> editing room with the camera angle changes. I'm pretty sure it didn't say that he like edited everything. No, did he? I think. Or he was like there for the I'm editing. I'm sure he was there. Well, because he cared though. Yeah. To no, be fair. That's, that's a good thing. It's because he cared. Yeah. Anyway, power saves uh, powers. From the scorpion hold, and nobody wins because this was atrocious. It didn't shit the bed. It was too constipated to even shit on its own. John Tolos now gets on the, gets in on the fun before Jim Brunzel makes the save. In his sweatpants. Did you notice that? <laughs> yes. I thought, how the killer bees are here now? Yeah, like he doesn't even work here. Yeah. This is the big debut. <laughs> what? It doesn't matter. Quinn. So they're back now? It doesn't matter. I didn't even remember hearing about this. Killer really? I'm surprised you don't remember hearing about well, this. I just remember in the early 2000s, there was like this big movement amongst the smarts. They're like, the Killer Bees were a good tag team, and like nobody ever talked about their reunion. Would you say there was a lot of buzz about yeah, it? There was buzz. Thank you. The ring announcer sounds like only the camera mic is picking him up as he announces <laughs> Blair as the winner by DQ. This was poor. Yes, it was. It's horrible. John Tullis throws a chair into the ring for fun. By the way, Herb tells us to go to the UWF in Fort Lauderdale. Buy some fucking tickets. <laughs> oh, and hey, Bruno has a book. Buy it. How many things? This is crazy. We now get a... <laughs> this This next one, Joe. Oh, my God. Bit of a disconcerting commercial with Paul Orndorff wearing some kind of fucking S&M harness, <laughs> which is also known as Joe Weider's yeah. super arm <laughs> blaster. I'm not even going to comment. And you know this is another fucking scam or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's got like a fucking strap on his head. There's it's no like way in a guillotine. shit works. Hello out there in TV land. This makes my arm better. Like, what are you talking about? This is like the definition of somebody Herb knew trying to sell something. Like, it just looks like it, right? Like one of Herb's friends. Next up, by Beach Brawl. Nine hundred times. How the fuck? How many times? And after you buy Beach Brawl, call Captain Loose Hotline. Why? We already told you to call that line. Good lord! I'm surprised there's not a fucking Blue Chew commercial in the midst of this. Don't what worry, is this, that's, Conrad? That, that's next. We now cut to Captain Loose Corner, and he calls himself Fat. Okay. <laughs> 
We're in a green screen room for the record here, not in front of the crowd. And he brings in Don Morocco. Oh, okay. His old protege there. Yep. And he's proudly wearing (laughs) the Ribera coat. Proudly. It's so proud. I love the coat. Morocco looks ridiculously unmotivated here. (laughs) Just here for like a quick. Quick buck, man. Quick, quick in and out, right? Quick just, donut. Yeah, just get, get the job done. Love him, but he looks like he doesn't give a shit. I mean, Morocco, that's what he was doing in this time period. He was just taking weekend jobs. Oh, yeah. Right? He didn't yep. And by the way, in a weird way, for Morocco's like fading out semi-retirement, it just fits Don Morocco how he was in 82 and stuff in 83 yeah. where he was like the kind of guy that he he felt very like a territory guy even in oh, WWF yeah. like even very, just, just I'm here for a year maybe yeah. like, you know what I mean yep. pay me damn it pay me and I'll pay all the jobbers by the way <laughs> he always did he talks about Terry Gordy and his main issue is that Terry Gordy needs Steve Williams to help him out on his side to do anything but basically Quinn Donald P just wants to go at it with Gordy alone good I agree now, Lou says that Morocco is a former champion. That's true. And he could be a champion again. Don, I know your ability in your own right. I know what you're capable of doing. I know you're a former champion, and you're looking to be a new champion. I got to say, I like that these two are together. At least. I, I wish that they were actually like a manager. I know, right? Wrestler combo. That would have been nice. Morocco, though, at least a name, but we're like you were saying, we're near the end of his usefulness here. I'd go to EC Dub after this. Yeah, but <laughs> for like a minute. Yeah, not, it wasn't, wasn't he good. the first champion or something? Or was it Snuka? I think Snuka was. They basically right? were just doing Morocco versus Snuka feud. They were 10 years because later. Because yeah. we never got it after 83. Dick, Dick Graham and Stately Wynn Manor were. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Don leaves and Albano rants about whatever the fuck, you know. No one checked the tape to see what he was talking about. Nobody cares. Herb reminds us to please order Beach Brawl. <laughs> and we now get a commercial for Beach Brawl. <laughs> they can't be serious. <laughs> it almost feels like the audience didn't show up. Because they were just annoying them so much, you know what I mean? Like so the JR factor, yeah. yeah. Oh boy, is Converse gonna be? Do you own or rent your home? Like <laughs> this, I hate stevensinger.com commercial next. What it are does, we doing? It feels like it. I heard you've been talking shit on your stupid little OPP podcast. Nobody even listens to this shit. Anyway, to ringside now, where Joshua Bengorian heads down Who the aisle. Is this? Oh, it looks like he belongs on Reno nine one one. Apparently, he's from Israel. Yeah, it's all very nice. Like at first, I'm like, oh, that's cool, right? And then, and then I realize it's like he's like crappy Sergeant Slaughter. Yes! Like he takes his like coat off. He's like, Israeli thought, Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, I thought he was more going to be like, yeah, the Israeli guy, fine, right? It's like you know, just nationality wrestler, right? He's dressed like Sergeant Slaughter. But then it's Sergeant Slaughter, and yes, I'm like, I don't understand. Real. And his opponent is the Beast, by the way, who is small and chunky. It's not Brock Lesnar. No. Uh, the Beast runs around like an actual dork, which Bruno was like, he's oh, doing those beastly moves. <laughs> the beastly moves. Anyway, lock up. I judge by the Beast some forearms, a clap by the Beast, and a boot. Bruno was all displeased. I was like, come on, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like... This guy felt like he was connected to Bruno somehow. I don't think he was just lame. No, it's not that. He was so lame. Oh, he's very lame. This Uh, is a guy I wouldn't even like. I wouldn't even get. I just wouldn't hire him as a wrestler. (laughs) Like, he just doesn't look like one. And he's supposed to be some, like, up and comer, too. He's an actor. What, who, what? I don't want to get into it, but oh, he's an actor. Oh, good lord! I mean, the internet exists, folks. Just because we don't say everything doesn't mean we don't know certain things. I didn't know that. No. I didn't even look this guy up because I didn't even care. Just because I don't say certain things doesn't mean I don't know. I them. need to know what was he in. I like to give you guys the opportunity to comment. Don't worry about it, Quinn. People will tell us. Are you us. making this up? And I'm no, gonna find I'm not out. making it up. He was really in that. Why would I lie about that? <laughs> now, you I, would think because I thought you're gonna because you because see you told the fans. 
to tell Quinn about it or whatever no, he said. I mean it. Uh, this and, is real. And then the funny thing is now I'm wondering, is this a setup? No, it's not a setup. I swear. Uh, also, <laughs> and I'm also not making this up, Quinn. You would think by, this is 91, mm-hmm. right? You would think by the way this guy's wrestling that he started wrestling in maybe 1990. Yeah. He wrestled in like the seventies, but he's so horrible that oh my God. like you can't even tell. Like yeah. he's so bad, you'd think he's a rookie. <laughs> they said they acted like he was a rookie on commentary. I know, but he looked like he came. He looked like he came from the seventies. That's for sure. Yeah, I know. I agree. Uh, but anyway, a corner whip by the beast charge misses Joshua with a crappy forearm and then a shitty armbar. This stinks. Yes, and listen, folks. I know wrestling is a tremendously hard job, and I and Quinn, I know this is true for you. I respect people that do it mm-hmm. for real because I can never do it and neither can Joshua Ben-Gorion. <laughs> Corner went by Joshua and the beast goes down horribly. Light, cozy body slam by Josh. He comes off yeah, ropes off. very close. What, what's that? Very nice of him to body slam him. It's like how I throw my son on the bed when we're play wrestling. Yeah, like cradled you know? and very nice. Although I guess nicely we let the beast down. I get, you know, let the beast down. The beast is like a baby, by the way. He's like so tiny. He's, he's like 5'4". Yeah. Like cozy body slam. He comes off the ropes awkwardly. He misses a telegraphed elbow, does Josh and Beast with a stomp into an eye gouge. Bruno calls the eye gouge a chokehold. Because he's How paying. long is this match? Two. Two. Uh Beast now with some punches. Corner whip reversed by Josh. Beats hits the rope stupidly. Irish wish by Josh. Crummy heart attack clothesline gets two. <sighs> Apparently that move is called the Israeli Air Force Bomber. Bomber. Yeah. Beast with a shot to the uh, parachute and an Irish whip. <laughs> uh, re- <laughs> reversed by Josh in a backdrop. Does this suck? Huh? It's bad. Also, I think it's weird that they're like, he was in the Air Force, so he's going to be a good wrestler. And it's like, you're like driving a vehicle. Like, it's not like the same. I know Guile was like in the Air Force, but still. He should have a good airplane spin. Oh, true. Thank you. Sonic boom. <laughs> Awful clothesline by Josh gets... A two count. End this! It's so long! <laughs> Josh goes to the second rope, which, like, Quinn could do better after three drinks. Yeah, maybe. And a close one gets the win. Uh, listen, this was horrible. Yeah. I'm not sure what good I'm supposed to say about it. Am I a wrestler? No, but yeah. I'm watching it. It's bad. By the way, Quinn, Fort Lauderdale, buy tickets. <sighs> Just fuck it. <laughs> Just so tired of this. Stop selling me this thing that's going to fail. Next up, you want your UWF merch? Yeah, I mean, either. No. <laughs> Brief mention of a trailer. We just got to say City Slickers. Yeah, Mick's hat yep. in the first one, yep. remember? Billy Crystal. Uh, Don Morocco now plugs the beach brawl and his match against Terry Gordy. And I got to say, I don't know where Morocco is looking, but it's not <laughs> at the camera. Yeah. What did they play a joke on him? They like look over here. Well, he, looks, he looks like Michael Anthony without a beard. <laughs> we now throw back to Herb and his appliance store over here. Very serious again. Very serious. He says that after Steve Ray versus uh, Steve Williams, we were supposed to see Bam Bam Bigelow versus Cactus Jack in the semifinals for mm-hmm. the beach brawl. However, once Bigelow made it to the ring, word came that Cactus Jack wasn't there. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. I wonder if that was real. I don't remember. No, isn't this the story where Mick said he didn't pay him or some shit? Oh, is that what it was? I, I, I don't know if it's this one specifically, but... Wouldn't surprise yeah. me. I don't remember off the top of my Mick, head. I thought Mick's one of the guys who said he didn't pay him, but he felt bad or something for him. Mick liked Herb. Yeah. He just didn't... Also wanted to get paid for He also working. wanted to pay get paid to do his job. To work. Yeah. yeah. So Bigelow got pissed off. So Herb sent Dr. Death to the ring. Bam Bam slapped him, though. And now we just cut to the aftermath of the slap, but why didn't we just, you know, 
see what Herb was talking about. <laughs> like, why is Herb there explaining it? Like, I don't it's know. Vince on Coliseum video in 85. It's horrible. Anyway, Bam Bam has sleeveless flame attire. That's nice. Yeah, very nice. Basically, a bunch of referees and wrestlers are trying to get Dr. Death out of there while Bam Bam makes a fuss inside the ring. Next, please. I saw the ceiling. Hi, Andrew Rogers. Hmm. The pole bar continues here before we fade away to Plug Beach Brawl, <sighs> where we get generic promos from Bam Bam and Gordy. Uh, well, I just got to mention this Mickey Mantle VHS promo before. We get <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> we get another Beach Brawl commercial, which is followed by another Beach Brawl promo. <laughs> How many? Herbs, even Vince. Listen, I know before anyone's like, well, Vince does it. Yeah, I know, but Vince does it in a different way. This is the most I've ever seen. Yeah. Ever. Like, I've never listen. And we watch a lot of these things where they're they're shilling shit, right? Yeah, that's the point of the TV. Right. I but get this that. is this is like next level. Like, this is I've never seen this much shilling for and on top of it, the the fucking 17 hotlines. Three hotlines. The merchandise. A book. The book. Power sauce. Power sauce. The supplement. Power you know. sauce merch. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the 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 gym. I, Paul Orndorff's arm. Oh yeah, the, the workout gear. Like how many things? Anyway, Herb's voice then reminds us, this is the UWF, the pinnacle in sports programming. (laughs) I guess this is the end of the show proper, right? It is, but Gino Cuddy has graced us with a bonus. Oh, here we go. This is going to be good, right? Anyway, Dr. Death will be taking on a jobber where we're told that Dr. Death breaks the ring. Uh, the job here looks like Terrence from the fucking wrestling figure store <laughs> on Route 18 in the 90s. And if you're listening, fuck off, Terrence, for trying to rip off the kids. What is it? You remember Terrence? Well, I thought you called him Max T no, or no, some you're shit. You're thinking Who, of Mambo. Mambo. That's from the English town flea market. Mambo was okay. <laughs> Terrence was a fucking asshole. The fact that I remembered Mambo as Max T. Is is quite an amazing, weird like Ed Mop. Yeah, Ed Mop. It's Ed Mop level. I just remember he had some name like he sounded like he should be in fucking Final Fight yeah, or something. Mambo. Yeah, he was okay. Yeah, Terrence was a dick. Anyway, the jobber is from Camden, New Jersey, and he promptly gets his ass kicked <laughs> by Doctor Death. Forearms to Muggle Rams, few chops by Death, short arm clothesline. I still barely care about Doctor Death. That's fine. A uh, few punches by Death and more shots to the neck, knee by Death, and another one off the ropes. Bossman attack punches by Death. The referee is uh, I don't know Geese Howard. Yeah, I see more fighting game <laughs> characters making an appearance here. <laughs> Irish whip by Doc, press slam off the ropes and a stop. Abdominal stretch by Doc as Gorilla Monsoon breaks into the feed to bitch about how it's applied. <laughs> The jobber makes the ropes, though, so death lands a knee to the kidneys, corner whip by death, and it looks like the turnbuckle is broken or something. Power slam by Doc gets the win. Uh, we now get a promo from Dr. Death on Paul Orndorff. Why more? I'm not sure what it's about, but bloodbath is said a few times. Neat. We now get a promo from Orndorff. Is this about the arm thing? <laughs> no, but he's apparently a face. None of this is good, and that's all there is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Listen. We did this because we love our fans, and that's not a joke. We actually really do yeah. appreciate you guys. That's not for I'm, real. I'm not joking. But as usual, gotta call it like you see it, Jeff. Yeah, UWF just always comes off as very sloppy, very slipshod, and I'm not just saying that. It's just not very good wrestling television. Mm-hmm. It's poorly edited. The promos are very repetitive. I mean, we saw like nine beach brawl promos. It's so bad. The the shilling Joe. It was like out of it was like out of control on this episode. At least tape a few different ones. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. The wrestlers generally seem unmotivated, except like Steve Ray. 
Yeah, it's like his vehicle or whatever. And the crowds don't seem to care. So listen, I never promoted wrestling, but I'm not, I don't pretend to. I watch wrestling. And compared to other things I've watched, this is bad. But, but, as always, big ups not only to Mucko, but to Herb Abrams. Because as Quinn and I, you, have, you and I have always we've, said. We've come to an agreement yeah, on this. We're like, like. We like Herb. I like what he's going for here. Yes. But he just doesn't have the chops it's for it. Like, doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't, you know what it is? It's like, it's almost like he spent all his money on like the talent, like the wrestling talent, but the production staff doesn't exist. It's and I'm him, sorry to it? anybody who worked on this. <laughs> There's something like off about it. Like every time I watch it, it doesn't seem right. What I like about him is he has like no money and he's acting as if he's on Vince's level. And right. I appreciate that. Doesn't he own like a shoe company or something? Wasn't it ladies underpants or something? <laughs> I don't know, but no, it, was, it wasn't wrestling. Wasn't, no, it wasn't wrestling, but we have no problem with Herb. All right. Uh, it's fine. He never did me any wrong. You no, know what I mean? That's not, that's not the point here. But the point is, is that we have to like, this is what we're presented <laughs> with. We can't just this lie very about good. it. Like, and you know what? Here's the thing. This was okay. Like, maybe probably the best UWF show I've ever seen. Woo. But it's still plagued with like old people, a bad undercard, ads. Oh my God, the ads. I haven't seen so much shilling on a wrestling show in my life. It's impressive. Like you said that Herb was able to get these stars. Yes. But still the promotion itself is subpar and it like shows. Yes, yes. So like an interesting watch, I suppose, but it's not really that amazing. No, right. Like, it's not. I don't know what else to say. It's like, it's not that good. And you know what the thing is? The one thing Gino said in his letter yep. is that it's like, you know, there's somewhat of like, a, I guess, a, a campy or a, kitsch. I don't, kitsch. I like that stuff. And I can appreciate that for this. The problem is, is that it's one thing to do like campy on purpose and be fun and stuff. Or even if you're not doing it on purpose, but it comes off fun later on. The problem is, is like the actual like editing and the wrestling is bad. It detracts from the campy, right? It's right. like if you were going for the real kitsch campy thing, cool. Then just have the matches be like three seconds long. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And just have the characters be like all fucking gimmicks. Like they're playing this straight. Yeah, that's yes. And they're and they're acting like they're gonna like, we're taking over, man. Like yeah. WCW, WF, they're going down. UWF, it's universal. It's not the world. You know, it's better, bro. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like it's just the fact that it's like earnest, but it's also not. I mean, like look it, at it. it doesn't make any sense. It, it's just weird to me. Yeah. Again, this is not a personal attack on Herb Abrams or Steve Ray or whatever, but it's just like, this isn't that good. It stinks. There you go. So with that said, folks, we really do appreciate all of you out there listening. We appreciate you being with us. Want to remind you of a couple of quick things. If you have Apple Podcasts, iTunes, please leave us a review there. It helps. If you can do that, follow us on Twitter. If you have Twitter at OVP Podcast, join our Facebook group. If you have a face group, if you have a Facebook or a face group or a face, if you have one Any of, those, of those things, if you're a face and not a heel, join yeah. the group and email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. If you want Survivor Series and you want the pay-per-views, patreon.com slash OVP Podcast until next week for Valentine's Day 259. I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn. Get the power sauce. We're out of here. See ya. Can you believe the Giants lost another one? Chris, if you're going to be that upset, read another part of the paper. The Arts and Leisure. Mad Dog Live premieres June 3rd on Sports Channel. Come on, Charlie Brown, get closely at her right field. She can't hit cut off. Power, Power sauce. sauce.